I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This one's for you tonight. Okay. Let's get started. so much for saying my name like that amy bravo con is over oh my god it's over i haven't recovered yet me neither the thing we thought about for months and months it's now we're living life after it how does that make yeah. you feel i'm neither i don't know i'm both exhausted so kind of happy that it's done but also sad that it's done because it was so fun so I guess that leaves me feeling neutral. <laughs> so those two conflicting feelings cancel each other out. Yeah. And you're just you? left emotionless. Yeah. Like always. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry that that's how you feel all the time. <laughs> um, before I say how I felt, I want, don't want to forget this. I saw a really good <gasps> sign coming to your house today. Yeah. So first of all, Los Feliz post strike. Oh yeah. It was electric. Everyone out there. happy. Yes, there was I a gone new, outside yet. There was a newsy boy who was throwing pe- paper <laughs> saying strikes over. Extra, extra. Read all about it. it that was awesome. It, everyone was cheersing, having mimosas. Like seriously, just, you know, Los Feliz has a lot of writers. <gasps> totally. Uh, in, you know, in Hollywood. So it was electric out. And then I saw a good sign that I knew the strike was over. Can't okay. wait. Who is it? John C. Riley. Oh, his was he wearing a hat? Cowboy hat. Okay. A bandana. A full, nice blue button-up shirt, and he was walking in the middle of the road, like, on my street. I do. You, can I just say the ma- the major street? It's the major street, the one that I always go on that Starbucks Reserve is on. Hillhurst. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't want out. I it. don't live on Hillhurst. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. You don't <laughs> live anywhere near it. But anyway, I was just like, where do you think you went? I bet you went to All Time. What's that? That it's a restaurant, celeb hot spot. Oh, so I feel like he is like the 
whatever that's called, like post-strike um, groundhog or whatever. That means everything <laughs> is good. And it was awesome. I mean, I, that's a big sighting for me. It is good. He lives near you. He lives in Pasadena? Yeah. Altadena. He lives in Altadena near me and he was all the way over here. So we had a similar yeah. morning. Symbiotic relationship. Awesome. I lo- and his last name is... Uh, Riley. And my name... Is John. <laughs> no. My name is Riley. Anyway, I just thought... I don't know. That was That's like, a good one. Isn't that a good um, sign though too for us? Yes. I thought you were maybe going to say Chris Pine because he's always at the blue bottle. I I've told you before. Oh, I would have liked, that would have been okay. But for me, John C. Riley is more of a totem in my life. And I was very That's happy true. to see You have see a connection him. there. He's like my top, top 20 favorite uh, person, celebrity. You've worked with him, right? Yeah. On, um, on, um. Brühl? Yeah, I was the writer's assistant on Steve, Dr. Brule season two, but that was pre-production. So I didn't technically work with him, but okay. our credits are on the same show. That's and I cool. saw him at a lot of the holiday parties. Nice. So. He does love to wear a hat. I didn't know that. Always a hat. I loved his hat. Okay. Well, oh, oh, how I felt post BravoCon. Okay. I am so tired and exhausted and emotionally drained. By day three, I felt like there was nothing I could have given. Even to smile felt like too much. My brain chemistry was uh, fully drained. But I loved every second of BravoCon, and I couldn't imagine a better experience. I mean, I went, I tried to lower my expectations based on what you said, yeah. and based on what I had heard about BravoCon number two being like Firefest. Yeah. This was by far the best convention I've ever been to in my life, being surrounded by wonderful Bravo fans who are all just so happy yeah. and delighted by everything there. And it was so well run and organized that. I'm post BravoCon. I'm not sad that it's over. I just feel like we did it the best. And if we want to do it again, it'll happen in a year. And a year is almost the perfect time to to wait to do that again, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was good vibes all around until, you know, the the energy would dip when Tom Sandoval would open his mouth and everyone would turn into a monster. But other than that, it was all good vibes. Everyone was happy and, you know, thrilled to be there. Yeah. Um, But... Yeah, I on the way back, I know you drove, which I don't even know how you did that. Yeah. Was... Um I was waiting for a Jersey Mike's sandwich at the Las Vegas airport and I was literally like in hell. <laughs> in hell. I was just so tired and so hungry yeah. and so just like it's so easy to fly from Vegas to Burbank. It takes no time at all, but it was like harrowing. No. Oh yeah. No, my drive back, <laughs> like you should have seen us. It was like the Willy Wonka tunnel. Um, you know, when worms it starts to get scary and... in there with worms and maggots. Um, but I, it, do, it doesn't matter because it was the best experience ever. And just in general, I have to congratulate Bravo on making a well-run event with, what, 10,000 people or more? It was I, more. I think I read 25,000. 25,000 people to have it run like that at that Caesars Forum. It was the best organized or, you know, most well-organized event I've ever been a part of. Like, no horrific lines except to see Bravo Liberties, which those went by fast for the most part. Yeah. And And those were like almost borderline unsanctioned, you know? Yeah, those are just like, yeah, they just, however many people wanted to line up for Dorinda at a certain point could do it until they cut off the line and didn't make people wait, you know, because Dorinda's not going to get to everyone. My only, everything was fine. They could improve the food. It was bad. 
I didn't have any of the food. <laughs> what what food did you eat? We ate at the the first day. We went to the like Bravo dining tent out of like pure desperation. It was like a bad like stir fry situation. Oh man! And then I think the ones inside were like maybe I think they like only had chicken tenders. Okay, so I didn't <laughs> I didn't touch any of the food. So did you I just had... like never eat the whole time? I can't when I'm you're having, riding high when I'm having fun and I'm partying, which I was definitely partying. <laughs> I cannot get myself to stop and take the hour to like eat food. I said this on Patreon, but it's just it's like counter to all of my party being. I just I, I don't care about food. Yeah. I use food as like I would be like a soylent guy if if <laughs> um if I don't know if I. Yeah. could be a soiling guy like i just i don't get that much thrill out of food yeah so i the last thing i want to do is like stop for a two-hour dinner when yeah. we're like in the thick of like the paris hotel you know <laughs> running around chugging Coors lights and stuff yeah for sure um yeah i mean should we say like highlights yeah top well, highlights because well, maybe- as you guys know we've said uh on social media and on our patreon we did a two-hour 15-minute fully uh a full on recap of everything. So if you guys want the down and dirty deets, you're going to have to join the Patreon if you don't already. Yeah. And there's two reasons for that. First of all, we could never encapsulate our entire BravoCon experience in a traditional episode of turtle time. uh, You know, while we're recapping things, it's just, it's too immense. And the second fact is Amy and I want to get rich off this. thing. (laughs) Yeah. We need to recoup uh, all of the drinks we bought this weekend. So this is sort of high level overall thoughts and they are that BravoCon was awesome and as fun as you could ever imagine and the perfect experience for a Bravo fan. And we're not being paid to say that, you know, no, it's our actual wish. And then, yeah, the entire, all of our experiences and everything we went over on the Patreon. So that's like the full experience you could ever have. Including things we wouldn't say publicly, uh, but we trust our insiders. Yeah, like if we're going to talk shit about a Bravo liberty and they want to listen to it, they have to pay us $5 or have a friend pay $5. Yeah. We don't say what we want to say about Avery until like two hours in. Yeah, so if you want to hear how we felt about Avery. But, I mean, so let's just do high level. I mean, like who, what was your, what was your, What were, I don't think even think we talked about. Like what was your top two or top three just highlights of the entire weekend? Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed my lover boy booth experience because I got to be between Kyle and Carl uh, for a good, it felt like at least five minutes. And it, it looked, your experience as me waiting in line right behind <laughs> you, it just looked so fun. Like their energy and how they treated you yeah. was just like a friend had just come in their booth that they hadn't <laughs> seen in 30 people. Like no offense to the other people waiting in line, but they treated everyone like that. Yeah. But it just felt very unique and sweet. Like they just couldn't have been nicer to everyone they were so nice um i came in i carl got distracted and so i was talking just to kyle he you know i handed him my phone and i was like can we do a message uh for my boyfriend jimmy who's not here and he started to do it and then uh carl was like starting to like see what we were doing so i put my arm around carl and i was like hey like we're doing a message for my boyfriend jimmy can you join and he looked at kyle and was like Kyle, you're not recording. So like for that whole first minute, it was nothing. And so then we did it again. So I got extra time. And then um, uh, I was wearing my Brooks and Dawn sweatshirt. Carl said he liked it, but I think he just likes Brooks and Dunn. So you think he looked at that and he saw those two faces and he was like, "Those, that's definitely 
Brooks and Dunn, the band I <laughs> he like. He was like, what is that? I was like, it's Vicky Gumbelson's exes. And he was like, oh. And he was like, well, because I like Brooks and Dunn. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like, um. and he was like, I saw what you did there. Like, oh, he was good. like, he oh. like, because I was so like sputtering. I yeah. was like, and he was like, I see what you did there. Did Kyle say the same thing twice, pretty much, when he wasn't recording and then when he was recording? I should look. I can roll the tape, but since there were two of them in the second one, it was like a different dynamic, but it was very sweet. They were like, Hey Jimmy, Hey brother. Yeah. And they were like, we got to send it, like send it at home. Like, sorry, you couldn't be here. Um, I'll post it. I think I posted it uh, on stories at least, but um, yeah, they really give you, the line was so long because they gave everyone yeah. good time, that valuable is, I didn't time. Even, uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that. Their line went by really slow because, first of all, everyone wanted to see them. It was <laughs> Carl and Kyle. And yeah, they treated everybody very uniquely and spent yeah. time with people. It wasn't like, again, I'm not trashing Dorinda. She was just, it was very like, take the picture goodbye. Take the picture goodbye, which is totally fine. But it, It's totally fine to get through that unwieldy line. That's fine. She had about, I think, 15 seconds to dedicate to everyone. Yeah. And that line zipped. Well, Kyle took a photo of your Dorinda shirt. He said he loves Dorinda. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they were sweet. I think Kyle is more familiar with the overall Bravo universe, mm-hmm. and Carl <laughs> is not so familiar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, my experience with Kyle and Carl was amazing. They treated me like a friend they hadn't seen in years. So sweet. And um, we just all yelled, send it together to the camera, because that's the only thing I could think of. And Carl made you do it again, because it wasn't good enough the first time. Yeah, the first time I flopped like a fish. I they, I go, can we all say, uh, send it together? And then I go, send it, before they could even say it. And he goes, ooh, let's try that again. Three, two, one, send it. And it was perfect. Uh, which yeah. they were. It was a true... You, we had some don't meet your heroes moments, but th- they were a do meet your heroes. Yeah. Like, we knew that they were awesome. Yes. Um, and then what else? And then I would say our after hours uh, experiences oh. with like Austin and Shep were like really funny. Yeah. Um, do we want to? Well, so yeah, like for people who haven't listened to the Patreon, like Amy and I uncovered a hotspot of Bravo. <laughs> Hornet's Le- nest. Hornet's <laughs> nest of Bravo Liberty activity. And that's also my definitely top three highlights is just going there each night after day one and day two and just partying in that environment was so fun. Just seeing how Bravo Liberty's party when they're like in the Las Vegas atmosphere was awesome. Yeah. And everyone was so sweet to us. Everyone in the, in that environment was, was amazing. Yeah. We saw, I mean, we don't have to get into the down and dirty, but at, so I would, by the way, go to that bar, like next time in Vegas anyways, (laughs) but those kinds of places are all peppered all across Vegas. Like, but it was this place called rhythm and riffs. It was like a cover band bar. But they, like, cover band, it's almost like, because people get, like, they think about most extras or whatever, or, like, I don't know, it sounds dismissive. That cover band was so good. Yeah. In my, like, they sounded no, amazing. Yeah. All the, because Vegas. Vegas talent is always really good. And that's why whenever I go to places like when we went to Hakkasan or, like, Omnia and places like that, I'm like, no, I want to be at the, like, yeah. nasty-ass yeah. cover band bar with, like, old people drinking wine yeah no it was awesome and they play from like 12 to 3 was that their hours I like think, yeah like, maybe two. Oh, two. okay yeah because then like once they are removed like rhythm and riff was it rhythm and riffs yeah it's like the energy dies so much because yeah. the cover band is such the highlight of that totally so that was definitely number uh, yeah we saw austin shep rod vicky gumbelson's brother um who else Corey. Gina, brock Corey, sandoval 
Sandoval. Mia. Oh, Maya, sorry, Maya. Uh, Chris. Chris. Um, um, there's probably more, but yeah, they were was, around every fucking corner. Yeah. That, I mean, it was a, it was a full-blown hive. <laughs> and um, then my number one, I think, interaction, just because it was the first interaction, was uh, my Frank Catania moment. Oh, yeah. Just because also, just like Carl and Kyle, they, uh, him and Joe Gorka just absolutely love the fans and just like eat it up like they're in like pure bliss so like they spent like five full minutes with me frank signed my shirt he gave me his phone number so i could send (laughs) him a shirt joe gorga wanted a little piece of it and got my photo and asked why we hadn't made shirts with his face on it. all the comments were like joe's so thirsty i love it i felt like it was just i love how much they embrace BravoCon because i like i I'm. I was torn if Bravo celebrities actually enjoy this experience, yeah. or if it's a total favor to Bravo yeah. and they like hate being. I swarmed. mean, they those guys definitely do because they like tour yeah. as the husbands of New Jersey, so this is perfect for them. Yeah, and then I mean, and then another highlight for me, which people might have seen this already, but um, the one time I had a good question in my head to ask someone when <laughs> yeah. I wasn't just derailed by full anxiety and stress was that I got to ask uh, Madison Lacroix the one question I've had since someone told me in my live that this was a fact which was that tom cruise whispered to madison in her ear that she was his favorite bravo celebrity and that fact was just so shocking to me because first of all that means tom cruise has had to watch all bravo content <laughs> in the world to make his decision that madison is his favorite and so i asked her i i, I felt good i felt proud of it and she said yes <laughs> so that was nice that was like the one like journalistic thing that i was yeah, proud of but then you ran away then unfortunately the everything that it took in me to ask that question just fully left my body and i had to say goodbye now i have to leave and she was like i watch your tiktoks and you were like thank you goodbye <laughs> i also i um i'm so um concerned with how much time i'm i'm spending with them because sure. i know that they don't want it so i can't explain to the listeners how small she is like the entire width of her body like hip to hip is absolutely smaller than one half of my body like she could wear one of my pant legs as a dress wow she's so small she didn't though right not yet (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i think those are like the highlights i mean i don't know if we missed any but we talked about all of them on patreon again and then we had a couple low moments (laughs) which maybe we won't say the specifics of the lows but um just for me I felt personally so embarrassed by my encounters with Lindsay Hubbard and Vicki Gunvalson for reasons that I have to keep secret or behind paywall. And then Avery. And then Which three for three, not surprising at all. (laughs) I hold out hope for people. I really, I hold out. Vicky's is not in the same league for me as um, Avery and Lindsay. I mean, even Lindsay. I mean, Avery's was a a step beyond anything (laughs) I've ever encountered in my life. To hear that full story, that has to be behind paywall because I know for a fact that Avery is is listening right now. And Avery, uh, what did you expect after having that encounter? Are we? Would we not talk about that encounter with you? We have to. Yeah. So anyway, um, but the the overall joy and power of BravoCon made those moments just like go to the dust by within 30 <laughs> minutes, something amazing happened that you couldn't even linger on that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for and sure. I, yeah. And I just want to say uh, just to promote BravoCon, like as a review, if you're thinking about it, the general admission experience was like perfect. Like mm-hmm. don't get, don't feel like you're not going to get the best experience as general admission and make, uh, 
you know, feel like you have to do VIP and all the add-on panels. I feel like they're going to have to add benefits to VIP next year because no one would ever do it. Yeah. For this one rare year, it felt like the GA and VIP experience was almost exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, you cut the line for the photo activation spots, which are just not that important. I mean, you can just go to those when you have, when there's a short line. Um, And then the add-on experience is like, I understand if you're the you know, if you have a lot of money, like pay for it. But also there was so much fun to be had just going out into the night around Vegas and like, you know, just having a Bravo day and then experiencing a Vegas night and right. then watching those add-ons like on Peacock. Right. But even VIP had to pay for those extra mm-hmm. shows. So it's like, I would rather be GA and then pay for the extra shows than be VIP and then also have to pay for those. Yeah. I think the one thing, if like we would have had some like you know, a GoFundMe to support us going to one add-on, I probably, I would have done the Bravos. Yeah. That just felt like a celebration of like everything (laughs) in the world. It was just so fun. Yeah. I'm like confused about, so the Bravos were an hour, but then all the other shows that they're airing are half hour, but I assume they were longer in person. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet the Bravos was probably two hours. They like cut it for time Uh and maybe cut some segments and stuff. There's probably a lot of live, like, I have like people have to go to the bathroom and stuff that we just didn't see. So they're yeah. whittling it down to make it for Peacock broadcast and for Bravo. I was going to say, did you like that Robin Dixon joke? But I don't know if you are there yet on Potomac. No. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I feel so negligent in my duties, but I Bravo con usurp the time that I would have spent catching up on Potomac. But yeah. by next week, Potomac is going to enter our repertoire. But yeah. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, I heard some people were saying the season premiere was a dud. Did you watch really? it? Really? I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. So Potomac is going to get the, it's going to get the Amy and Riley treatment if it, you know. If it earns it. You know, we can always, you know, we're always considering how to mix up. I don't want to give a watered down version of five shows instead of maybe like three yeah. good. So I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that comment, because I'm always like, do we need to be doing every single show? I mean, we're already not doing Miami, which some people say is the bomb. Right. So we're always figuring it out. Yeah. And but I, it's a lot to watch. It's a lot to watch and it's a lot to pack into, you know, a weekly episode, which we like doing that format. It's like a retrospective and it's fun to have all the shows recapped in one time because it's like there are so many parallels on all these shows and like yeah. just different things we can talk about. But it I think what you just said is right. The um, the quality of the season determines how much we talk about it. And if we fall off a show organically like Potomac because it's just not bringing it, I think that's fine. It just has to be the case. We should have whittled off Roni way quicker <laughs> than we did. We spent like 45 minutes talking about that every week. I know. Like what the hell were we doing? Yeah. Which yeah. we got some validation today. I don't know if you want to say it. like About our uh, rival is he a rival? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I was listening to Danny Pellegrino's um, BravoCon recap, and he said, because, I mean, he always is honest, but, you know, he's under the wing of Big Bravo. Like, he yeah. moderated a panel. He is, like, on Watch What Happens Live all the time. And he said, he was like, I thought this new season of Roni sucked ass. He said <laughs> it was boring as shit, he said. Yeah. He said it was one of the worst seasons of Housewives of ever. It, like, that And I was why- like, thank you, God. Like, someone with authority agrees. Yes, and the fact that he can keep his stature among sanctioned Bravo talent commentator and still be that honest gives me hope yeah you and I can like talk shit and be objective (laughs) and honest and still possibly be embraced that's great yeah he did say that he likes the cast though and like thinks that maybe they can do better next time but I don't know 
but yeah we discussed jenna was not there um you said this on the patreon already so sorry if we have some overlap on the BravoCon part of it but um the jenna said basically she would rather twiddle her thumbs than be at BravoCon. did you watch the clip no i didn't the way she said twiddle my thumbs <laughs> it made me think she she like maybe thought that could be taken differently i mean jenna doesn't always <laughs> deliver a poignant perfect uh zinger <laughs> banter witty uh yeah witticism so i didn't know but it, just on paper that's very disrespectful yeah. and um shows that you don't give a shit about bravo i also was late night browsing um uh the bravo instagram stories linked to an online version of the bravo bazaar which was like the place where all the booths oh. were and they had all these sponsors on there and one of them was ardell lashes oh. and i was like wow so that, oh, so Jenna Lyons, <laughs> the one reason why she went on that show and permitted herself to be filmed and didn't really engage with anything was to get love scene mm-hmm. on the radar, which they really, I mean, it wasn't that much a part of the season. I don't know right. if she really got her money's worth there. I mean, people are saying that they're all sold out and stuff online, but may, that could just be a uh, fulfillment issue. <laughs> like she can't sustain it. Because she we saw, she was like packing and, and shipping those right. out herself. She was like going to get tape from CVS or whatever. Yeah. That was for like, what did she say? It was for Naomi Campbell oh. that was going to wear them. So she packed it herself. Oh, my bad. Okay. But um, yeah, I was like, why didn't she have a lashes booth there? That would have been like a no brainer, you know? Uh, but mean, she doesn't need to. She's extremely rich. Yeah. I mean, the, the I don't know. It's got to be another Occam's razor. The <laughs> simplest explanation is, is the right one. And it is that Jenna Lyons does not want to participate in Bravo activities. It makes me uncomfortable to think about the head-to-head between her and Andy. What do you mean? Like the potential head-to-head? Like if they... just that if she keeps saying out loud that she hated it or that she doesn't return or whatever, it just feels like a little bit of a slap in the face to him because I think he's used to having the authority, you know? Yeah. Well, that leads me to two things. So I want to talk about the Roni crowd size. Okay. If you want to. Do you sure. want to? Or you don't care that much? The well, ro- well, the Roni panel crowd size. Yeah. And then also I wanted to talk about, oh God, I just forgot the other thing. <laughs> well, whatever. The Roni crowd size, like, um, I feel like a lot of BravoCon content was for Andy to tout the acclaim of the new Roni, which I don't know if it's, I mean, I, I get he's, a, you know, he's promoting the season or whatever, but I saw one factoid about it, which was like the, the Roni panel was the mo- one of the most sought after panels and that they were at capacity and 5,000 people were waiting to get into it. But we were there the entire time and there was no instances of anyone (laughs) waiting outside of a panel. And also it was at the smaller stage, Uh not the gold stage Uh where that's the one that has uh, less seats at it. So it it could easily have gotten at capacity, I guess. I just think that that seemed like a, a strange metric to tout because I don't think Roni was the most popular panel by far. Right. They also like sprinkled them all in f- for um, the different, like the Bravos and all of the shows, like the Shade Assassins and all of that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then the, the last thing I wanted to say just on this is that the Bethany Frankel um, aftermath yes. after BravoCon, yes. it just felt like, I mean, for me while I was at BravoCon and Andy said it like the first day, it's just like, um, what, what's your response to the reality reckoning? Well, looking around this room, it looks like Bravo brings a lot of joy to millions of people. So like, what are we talking about here? And then that's how I felt the entire time. Yeah. We're all like in a room together, high-fiving, looking at um, <laughs> like 
museum artifacts from <laughs> Bravo history, like having the best time of our life. Yeah. And it just, it does really deflate a lot of Bethany's argument. Right. And then she sort of had this like spiraling after, <laughs> which I told you about on the Patreon. Yeah. Um, I read, there was an article, I forget who it was with. It was like a VP or like a executive from Bravo. Um, and they, you know, asked about the weekend and how they put it together and how it's evolved since it was in New York. And first of all, they said that they pay for every single Bravo Liberties like hotel flight glam everything so it's like an expensive endeavor because it's like yeah 200 of them or whatever right um but uh they asked them about bethany and uh she, <laughs> she was saying um you know she was like we care about our cast like even before and after they're on the shows whatever um and blah 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 they were just kind of going through it and then they asked bethany for comment and she was like, uh, what did she say? She was like, oh, the executive brought up how Bethany has pitched three shows yeah. to Bravo that have gotten no action. They were like not interested. Which we knew. Yeah. We, you know, we knew most of them. Um, one of them was like a summer, ca summer camp for housewife kids. I just love that <laughs> Bethany is just throwing shit at the wall yeah. in these meetings. Like they go, Bethany, I guess she wants to come in for another pitch. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> they have to camp. give it to her out of courtesy. Right. But anyways, they were like, yeah, like, I mean, she keeps trying to work with us. So, um, and then she was like, <laughs> they asked Bethany for comment. She was like, that's not the smoking gun. They think it is. If, if they think that, uh, that's all they have to say. They're going to need to go back to the drawing board. <laughs> I don't know. It, I don't know. It sounds like an interesting anecdote to me. <laughs> and then, um, so on the UGT panel, uh, Kelly Ben Simone revealed that Bethany's been asking her to be on her podcast, which she declined. So she's just like collecting all these women that have been potentially scorned or not, you know, aren't like the shining stars of the network. She had uh, Denise Richards on, and you sent me that clip. And Denise Richard goes, which honestly, I completely agreed with what she said. She Me was too. like, she was like, yeah, I read that article. And Bethany's like, what did you think? And she's like, I didn't really get it. Like, I didn't get what the point of view of the article was. And I didn't think there was any like new or interesting information. So I thought it was kind of like, she basically said it was a flop. And <laughs> Bethany's like, well, um, uh, Vanity Fair is owned by um, Warner Brothers, which owns Shed Media. Like she immediately went to conspiracy theory. Yeah. Which I'm like, that's true of like all media. Yeah. It's also funny that she thought Denise Richards was going to like go in and Denise Richards is going to be currently on Beverly Hills. Yeah, she's season. literally like, on this season. Like she didn't realize that De Denise Richards is not burning the Bravo bridge right now. So it's, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I mean, the, the teeth got really um, removed from Bethany's argument after this weekend. And it feels like I think she's almost ready to like, put it to bed. I mean, I listened to a podcast, a three minute podcast after, and like her main points were, I'm glad I directed people to the right place to seek help. And I never sued them personally. So goodbye. Right. Yeah. She was saying on, um, the town, the podcast, um, that she was basically like, she's like, I get, she was like, I have to like extricate myself from this because it's becoming a full-time job. She was like, the like legal teams are calling me directly and all this stuff. And I'm like, huh, why would they what? be doing that? Because you are <laughs> the presumed face of this entire <laughs> reckoning and you talk about it 24-7? Yeah, it's 
I don't know. She brought this upon herself. I don't really understand, but and um, I and I I I feel like the energy and power of BravoCon just like rolled over the entire reckoning. Yeah, she keeps implying that there's more to come. She she said that she thinks there's going to be a massive um, class action lawsuit. Oh man! So that's like the Jax Taylor. Stay tuned. Right. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> so good luck to her good on luck. that. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. That was. Um, I don't know. The power and the power of BravoCon was too much. It was too fun. And um, I loved every minute of it. And I'm so glad we went. Do you, I don't know if we would care. Do we want to talk about that Lindsay Hubbard garbage or do we just well, want to get. Well, since you uh, had a bad encounter with her, maybe we'll just quickly say that unfortunately she was on Nick Vile's podcast. Yeah. The Vile Files. Yeah, Vile Files. And he's <laughs> now, Nick Vile had got so much clout from interviewing, who did he start to interview? He In Wake of Scandaval, he started making Bravo people into his repertoire, even though he has no idea what the fuck any of these shows are, but he just gets people on and does Howie Mandel-esque interviews right. where he's like, hey, I don't really watch, but who are you friends with? And oh, they did that. He just gives them un, uh, <laughs> what would you say, unchecked. Yeah unchecked interview to just tell their story and just facilitates completely Lindsay Hubbard's version in this case. Well, which by the way, I don't know if you saw the clip of um, Jojo Siwa carrying Tom Sandoval on her back on world's toughest test this week. I did. It was so beautiful. I did. (laughs) And I've only seen special forces in clips and each clip I see, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to watch this. Well, the reason she had to do that was because Nick Vile couldn't do it anymore. Whoa. He got too tired. That sounds like, him. <laughs> the whole internet is like LOLing that th- without context, they think that Sandoval couldn't go on and that Jojo Siwa needed to carry him across the finish line. But in actuality, Sandoval is the only one that completed him and one other um, completed the challenge. And so as a punishment, the losers had to carry him. So Tom Sandoval was actually so strong <laughs> that he had to be carried by yeah, Jojo. like as a prize wow that's a perfect instance of you need context <laughs> like because i thought the same thing yep no no it was a punishment to the others to have to carry his limp body so i mean tom sandoval i you know <laughs> we're a little bit mad at him of course but you <laughs> he's can't good at world's toughest test he's the strongest man <laughs> in the world right can't we just give him a little bit of can't we be objective yeah he had to um it was called like the commando rope crawl or something and they had to in a ravine a very very steep ravine crawl like using a rope and he got across also i think tom sandoval won the push-up competition Mm. but uh, james had something suspicious in his arms that were making him push up a little better but i think that they just couldn't let tom sandoval win the push-up competition (laughs) what was the suspicious I saw a lot of like air flowing out from uh, James's like under where his chest was. It was like he was being pushed up by some artificial means. Wow. But they just didn't want... Hydraulics. <laughs> there was some sort of hydraulic machinery. And I, I you know, I'm not <laughs> the a conspiracy... The just going I'm up not, and down. I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I just think that they couldn't let Tom Sandoval win that push-up competition. Okay. And by the way, if you didn't see during the Vanderpump Rules panel at BravoCon, for some reason... Um, um, James and Tom got in a push-up com- uh, competition and uh, James was bragging that he's been working out uh, at Equinox and we'll tell you right here I know which one me too <laughs> but well we can't say it I'm just gonna say I'll do a, a 
it follow the clues. It's in the same place. Wait, wait, what if people, I mean, what if people really did want to go see James Equinox? I don't think we should say. I mean, if they want to pay 250 a month, they <laughs> okay, can. All right, go ahead. It's the same city where Dorit's Capri Room Buca de Beppo is. All right, great. Well, yeah, if you want to go to, yeah, I mean, that'll be fun. I think we should work out there one day. Okay. I used to go to Equinox. You did? I went to the one in Hollywood. How much, that's awesome. How much would a day pass be? <laughs> I don't know if they have that. Oh, really? <laughs> oh. They don't want you nasty folks out there. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> um, so, okay, anything to say about that Lindsay Hubbard thing? Just other than the just fact that... Just that she's awful. Oh, my God. Did you just say that on her unpaywalled <laughs> feed? It's just un... Uh, she's getting total free reign. The way it's the... It's giving Howie Mandela. It's giving Bethany and Raquel. Like, just facts out the window. She could just say whatever she wants. He doesn't have any follow-up questions she just gets to tell her side um which is very one-sided yeah and she's just the whole time talking about how what a straight shooter she is that she wears her heart on her sleeve that people don't like her because she's too honest I know. and i'm like no people don't like you because you're like abrasive and rude <laughs> and then she said her like i i listened to the clip where she was like um Carl, like two weeks before the wedding, he wanted me to be a completely different person. And he started to like whittle me down into this new version of myself. And she was like, you've known me for eight years and we've been best friends. Why did you ever think I would change right before our wedding? So it's kind of like, you know, I mean, she's like getting her narrative out there. And Nick Vile offered the perfect spot to have your narrative go out into the world unchecked. Yeah, Nick Vile was like, I heard Kyle Cook was popping off his mouth about you guys being in couples therapy and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, he's had it out for me for years. She was like, Carl didn't take my side when Kyle was ranting and raving around the house. And when Craig Conover was saying horrible, horrible stuff about me. And then in the audience goes, boo, Kyle, we hate him. <laughs> and it's like, we just talked about, we just got done saying how Kyle and Carl were like the sweetest people in the world. <laughs> and you couldn't even fake being that sweet. They were just so amazing. You know? Yeah. So it's like, who... I hope that Carl is doing well. I think he is. You think? Yeah. Yes. I think he's sober. I think he's figuring out a new path towards being a integral part of a reality show and maintaining a sober personality. Um, and still, you know, having fun and being in yeah. that environment because Summer House is so drinking oriented. Yeah. They and did reveal at the Summer House panel that Carl is joining Loverboy again and they're going to have a non-alcoholic Loverboy. Talk about like seamless synergy. Like yeah. that is like the best thing in the world. Loverboy is so smart. Totally. I mean, that's like a no-brainer anyways. Yeah. I mean, they should. So is that it for our news? Did we do okay? I think so. I mean, has anything else gone on? No, because it's been we've been so BravoCon focused, and all of the news in the last four days has been BravoCon related right. news. I will say, uh, we found out. I think we are allowed to say this. Just Ariana had a grueling um, Dancing with the Stars rehearsal schedule at BravoCon. She yeah. was rehearsing midnight to three a.m. on Friday night. In addition to the BravoCon experience during the day. So you could say she was even more tired than you oh, yeah. or I. Which... But I think it was worth it because did you see her slave for you? I didn't watch it only <gasps> because I've been asleep, um, you know, for 72 hours. But I, you know, I know she got very high scores. It was good. Nine, 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 ten. I, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. I'm so proud of her. I tech, I voted 
You did? T- ten, I did the um, Daniel uh, the hack. hack. It's illegal. <laughs> You're going to jail. It's illegal, but it let me do 10 <laughs> times the amount of votes that are um, legal. And so it's. I feel good. Okay. I mean, I really, her and Jason Mraz killing it. And, oh, and Sochi Gomez. Those are the three in my heavy hitters. Opinion. God, I want Mauricio back. <laughs> he was so good on it. Wonder what he's up to. Uh, I think people are seeing that he's still keeping his relationship alive with Emma Slater. Hmm. Okay. I, okay. I don't. <laughs> I'm. I'm pro Mauricio. I think he's a little lost. I think he's I, lost. Both of them. Who isn't lost? <laughs> little girl lost. Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? That's um, I know little girl, and I know lost little girl. As I said, I know, I, we just I don't know this. are here for eternity. Saying the taglines, you back and are like forth. just pressing little girl, <laughs> bobblehead. <laughs> Mary is so good for doing little girl to bobblehead. That was the best. Um, Drew Barrymore's book oh. is Little Girl Lost. It is. It's her old. Book from I like saw a 20 sweet moment of Drew Barrymore meeting Hannah Burner, and oh, it was no. so it was good. It was sweet. Why? Because it was nice. Hannah Burner is I I sell Hannah Burner got burned harder than any Bravo. She burned herself. Ever. No, yeah, okay, but who pick has up the it? trash? Who? Yeah, I mean, she should have taken out the trash. I've already told Hannah that on TikTok, <laughs> but um, no one has had, no one has been able to have a worse season and then not come back. Then she had such goodwill. She was killing it. She's also like now a celebrity in her own right. But they had one bad season where she didn't take out the trash and she made love to Dez on every surface in the house. And they were like, she has to leave. It's not fair. If she she divorces Dez, she can come back. I don't want, I never pray for the downfall of a relationship. Well, yes, I have. But no, no, I don't know the chemistry that Des and Hannah have. I don't know what's going on. I haven't listened to Burner Phone. I just love Hannah, and I know she deserves a second chance. And they all said it at the panel. They did. Uh, You know who's been pulling their weight uh, at the Winter House? Oh, oh, wait, can I guess? Oh, sorry. (laughs) It flew out of my mouth. He's been cleaning up, shopping. Um, coming up with games can i say a spoiler for their winter house minute later the x drinking game was the the best x games was the best drinking game slash (laughs) fake bullshit contrived game that i've ever seen in the last year it was creative it was awesome it like got everyone to do the the coolest stuff with their drinks everyone had a good explanation for their ex casey did the (laughs) one of the coolest things i've ever seen when she put a bunch of garbage water trash into a i need to know more about what was going on there i just i thought schwartz's energy and seeing him in a new environment he's he pops so much in a non-vanderpump environment i feel like vanderpump sometimes is like a sewer and there's so much toxicity and (laughs) i love vanderpump Oh, you're right. I just said sludge. Toxic. No, I mean that friend group. There's a lot of toxicity in that friend group, especially last year. Yeah. Especially with what Katie had to deal with, with what Ariana had to deal with. Sometimes Vanderpump Rules is not lighthearted. Yeah. So seeing Schwartz out of this sort of, and I'm just saying season 10 was toxic. That's what I'm saying. I love Vanderpump Rules. I'm the biggest supporter in the world. But seeing him out of his element with a bunch of people who are more carefree and fun, he really pops in that environment. You yeah. get to see Schwartz not bogged down by his previous relationships where he has all these like conflict with people and stuff. Yeah. Just with Brian, Benny, and Alex, yeah. he's having so much fun. Yeah. I love when Katie on Winter House was like, you're not toxic at all. 
Sorry, that yeah. was bad, but you get what I'm saying. No, Oh, no, yeah. No, I thought, for some reason, I was like, oh, I thought Katie Maloney just because their names or whatever. But then when you did it in that accent, I go, Katie doesn't speak like that. So I immediately knew. Um, right. I, I wanted to button up our, our talk with something. But, oh, oh, I felt bad about that Roni um, crowd size thing. Why? I don't know. Did you, did you, I didn't feel like you went out on a limb with me. Well, because I'm confused about which, was it the one at the bottom of the escalators? Was it the one where we saw the Vanderpump panel? No, it was the glam stage. Yeah, where the Vanderpump producer panel Okay. Was. Yeah, I'm trying to like imagine how much difference there is. It's definitely smaller. How could people though have been waiting outside? I never saw one crowd form by those doors. Right. And we were there the entire time, all three days from 10 to 5. Right. And. Uh, yeah, I don't even know when it was. Okay, so but I just didn't want to be. I I thought you might have thought that was egregiously mean. Have I ever said that about anything? <laughs> no, but the day you do, I'm going to be so shocked. But okay, all right, 42 minutes of of news. That was good. That is good. That kind of that did that feel kind of well paced. <laughs> We've never clapped for ourselves, but I feel like post BravoCon, I feel like oh I don't know. I yeah. mean, I'm tuning around. Take a bow. Way. Take a bow. That was a good 43 minutes. So then um, I might actually, I might take a little two-minute break. Just, I'll, I would go to the bathroom. And then um, we're going to talk about Southern Charm, which yep. was awesome to me. Little spoiler. Salt Lake City. Yeah. Fucking ripped to high heaven. Yeah. I loved it. What's the third show? <laughs> Beverly Hills. Fucking ripped. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was like a slice of life documentary and I had so, it had so much Vegas energy. Totally. And then Winter House rips and I loved it because it's just the party spirit, but we'll probably spend a little less time on Winter House because it's not recapable. Right. We can just... It's our uh, our highlights, yeah. what we think in general, but that's it. That's the order of business. And then Potomac, Miami, all that shit <laughs> could potentially come, but it depends on the quality. If it overtakes something. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. You want to say think... something? <laughs> you got something to say, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying, like, what if we watch them more, those other two, watch them more casually? Yeah, I would love it. And then we can kind of sprinkle in rather than recap. You know I what I mean? I would love it. Like, I... watch it at our leisure. I would love to binge Miami on my own yeah. once I've caught up on Potomac and just have Miami thoughts and then maybe, you know, watch it to keep up and then sprinkle it in just like you said miami thoughts that's like should be a song miami thoughts (laughs) why do you think t-h-o-t-s you think that do people say that still i guess what did it stand for that's a good question okay miami (laughs) thought i liked i liked the more whimsical miami thoughts well that's where i started and then my brain was like thoughty yeah i would rather the song be the thing the things i think while i'm in miami yeah like where can i get a good cubano Can I say that? Do you mean like you meant like, like a sandwich? Yeah, of course, you can say that. Who, that's that is probably top twenty. What people are thinking when they go to Miami? Have you been to Miami? I have not. I've been a couple times, but it wasn't when I could fully be an adult and be fun yeah. and free. I didn't take advantage of my Miami life. But I've heard it's a blast. I don't know if it's our vibe. I I think it could be. I I I've never been to Key West. That and sounds I think fun. That's my vibe. Cats. Will you someday go to Key West with me and all my friends? Okay. And bring your friends? Sure. When do you want to go? Um, my friend, I have a friend that goes every Christmas. Whoa, that's Maybe awesome. Maybe we could just join. Yeah. I was thinking when I turn 40, which is forever away, <laughs> I'm going to go to Key West. That's fun. Oh, it'll be around your birthday. Yeah, we have the same time. We're allowed to say, right? 
<laughs> Do you think that's gonna like compromise your like passwords? Uh, we're we're, um, we're, uh, we're uh, what's that? We're running out of fumes on our, our news. I was just gonna say what the other thing I think about when I think about Miami is Dexter, but they filmed that all in Long Beach. They did. Yes. Oh, I hate that. I I hate <laughs> when they make a show that is so about the environment of the culture and where it's at, and then it's a complete fraud. It's like yeah. if you're going to make a show based in Miami and it's all about Miami life and and it's central to the plot, film in that goddamn place. No, it's like all Long Beach. And then, uh, did you watch Dexter? Um, yeah, I watched like the first four seasons okay. up until when John Lithgow was the serial killer, the yeah. Trinity killer. I uh, liked that. Spoiler. But oh, um, is that okay? When the Trinity killer, John Lithgow, kidnaps Dexter yeah. in a, like a parking garage or whatever, that's the Redondo Beach Pier. I do that, remember that. Like there's like a carnival and shit. Yeah, that's awesome. Dexter was always... <laughs> <laughs> I Dexter rocked while it rocked. I feel like it was, it was fun. It, it was, it's fun, but it's it's uh, two points below prestige TV. Sure, it's but that's t- why it's fun. Yeah, it's got Showtime energy. Yeah, <laughs> it's got it's got this should have been on Fox, but we added boobs and murder and to blood. make it for sure. Boobs and blood. blood. Boobs and blood to make it on Showtime. I'm at I HBO. Love boobs and blood. Me too. But if I have boobs and blood, if I want them, I watch them on HBO. Like True Blood is boobs and blood. True Blood, boobs and blood. Sopranos, boobs and blood. <laughs> Uh, and though and boardwalk boobs and blood totally do you remember um the wire did you ever watch the wire i've started it and i know that it's good but i always fall off because it's i don't know i well I season to... two is a slog and <laughs> and the worst decision they ever made they like fully derailed all of the goodwill that the wire had okay. and then season three picks back up but at one point in the wire i think hbo executives were like this show needs boobs and blood <laughs> it has blood but it needs boobs so there's a finale this is not a spoiler but it's a finale where three different characters with their sexual partners all have sex. And it's like a 10-minute montage of them going back and forth between three different main characters <laughs> having sex with their significant others. And I'm now thinking it just felt like I didn't realize it at the time. But it's just it was a note that they probably like did a ridiculous version of what HBO wanted, you know, right. just to like to accommodate people who only watch HBO for like, you know, breasts. Sex. Yeah. Okay. Well, I remember... Loving Dexter at the time. Oh. <laughs> do you agree with me, though, that this is bad if we keep talking, but do you agree with me that if a show, like if The Wire was like, we're in Baltimore, and it's I love Baltimore, do yeah. you know that thing about Baltimore? And then the whole show was filmed in Brooklyn. Is <laughs> Doesn't it kind of take something away? Yeah. Like even Casablanca, when I found out it wasn't in... It was Mur- in Burbank. It was in Burbank. And there's no scenes filmed anywhere. I was like, man, it w- Casablanca would be 10 times better if they used anything from Morocco. I mean, right. I know that was probably not feasible, but... Right. Um, where did they film Lawrence of Arabia? That was giving authenticity. Redondo <laughs> Beach, like you said. Wow. And they just put one of those huge sets... You know, where you look, what are those Wizard of Oz type sets where the sand goes Uh far and then you see a blue sky? Like the painted backdrops? Yeah, like on Bo is Afraid. Yeah. Did you? Did you finish that? Yes. I thought it was amazing. The whole thing? I thought the whole, I think I know what happened to you. (laughs) You saw it in theaters, right? Yeah. You got tired. Yeah. I watched it in two sittings. As if a movie's meant to be made and watched in one sitting. No, no, no. But I think, (laughs) when did you see it? What time of night? normal time seven to ten yeah okay well okay sorry (laughs) i found it to be indulgent okay oh okay all right well i found it to be 
amazing and a masterpiece. But we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so 49 minutes. That was good. I'm glad we added an extra seven minutes to that commentary. And then let's talk about... Well, now you really have to piss. Yes. Southern Charm, Salt Lake City, <laughs> Beverly Hills, Winter House. Great. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But it, it, in my opinion, it wasn't really scary. It was... A person, and I could be in Bo's head for a little bit, it was like a person's worst nightmare of everything, but not necessarily horror. It's like when he makes love to Parker Posey (laughs) after his mom's death, for the mom to walk in, first of all, it's the fear of your mom walking in on you while you're having sex, and also that you're so callous towards your mom that you would have sex immediately after you thought she was dead. So it's just, it's the humor came from, oh my God, this is the thing I think it's the worst version of everything I think. And that's why like the scenes of him walking out of his house and going into the crowd and having people attack him is like, it's funny. Sure. But it's, you know what I mean? I think I felt a little like held hostage by the tone, like throughout where it was like, it was very like self-serious. I felt like at times, especially when it would change like to like the animation, like that was a short film within. And then by the time it got to that, like, idiocracy style like judgment panel or whatever i was like okay so now i have to like now we're here like it was just like a lot yeah so yeah we're still talking you guys we talked all the we talked while we were pissing each of us and then came out and we kept talking i think one (laughs) yes i i think one uh pro in the bow is afraid column is that no contemporary movies that i've seen in the last two years even you could have a conversation like this where we have a different opinion about it. So right. it kind of shows its worth. Yeah, just it was at least that. original. Yeah. It was, these days you have to take those where you can get them because there's so few yes. original films. We got Ari Aster, who had all of the clout from two successful movies that were well-regarded, used all of the money to make a personal project that whether you think it flopped or whether you think it was amazing, the fact that that happened should be lauded. And sure. I thought Joaquin Phoenix was amazing. I love when performances where you don't feel like it is that person. And I had never seen him like that. He was like Jack Nicholson in About Schmidt. Do you remember oh, yeah. when Jack Nicholson did that? I remember watching About Schmidt and I was like, that is not Jack Nicholson. Like he did no mannerisms of Jack Nicholson. Kathy Bates in the hot tub. Oh, Iconic. Yeah. So I love About Schmidt. <laughs> Who made that movie? Uh, Alexander Payne. Yes. Um, did you hear they're showing Napoleon at the Vista? They're gonna. We... 
We have to go to that. I was just gonna. I was gonna text everyone. Get rally the group. We have For to Napoleon. We have to see it. I just. I'm starting to read the Napoleon um, biography, so I'm gonna know more about him than anyone else, and I'm gonna say the facts before they happen in the movie. And during. Yeah. At the Vista. All right. Tell Jimmy he has to come. Okay. I will. This is your Roman Empire. What seeing <laughs> Napoleon at the Vista? Yeah, no, it, in it, thirty millimeter Ridley Scott or seventy? I don't know. I think it's. Oh, it doesn't matter. But yeah, we have to go while it's at its run. Okay. Okay. You promise? Yeah. All right. So let's talk about <laughs> some a show that I love and that it was validated when I saw the reaction to this particular show at BravoCon. Everyone was delighted and lauding Southern Charm. Yeah. Southern Charm panel was packed. The moderator said, I cannot believe the season you all are having right now. It feels like, it's like, I, I don't know what's another celebratory season where like you thought the show was maybe uh, sputtering on fumes and then it had a full-blown rebound, but Southern Charm is so good this yeah. season, and I feel like the world knows it. Yeah. I feel, it's interesting, because you never quite know how long a show is going to last or whatever, so... It's fun having watched it for many years, like similar to like Shaws of Sunset is just not on anymore. But Reza and some of the other people were there at BravoCon. But Southern Charm is like had a resurgence. Yes. You know? Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, they, they it was sort of like a victory lap for them. And then, you know, this episode to me was just as fun. I just think I get I derive pleasure from watching this cast just hang out and almost do anything. Yeah. I mean, they spent 20 minutes of the episode or maybe 10 to 15 of just them on a, a, bu- the bus. a bus. Yeah. And it was, for me, it was just so fun. All the little interactions that were happening, just watching them sleep and chug bourbon and yeah. switch their leg positions. Did you remember that moment at the panel where a girl asked, she was like, do you think that the show can sustain as you guys get older because it's all about partying and, you know, are you going to age out of that or whatever? And Shep was like, uh, excuse me. He was like, the show started with an age range. It started with Thomas Ravenel. Yeah. And the girl goes, and that's your role model. And everyone was like, ah! And he goes, oh, that's not what I meant. <laughs> no, it's, it's. You know, it's, he like low key loves T-Rav though, like still. I know, but it's, but what he said is true. He's not using, he's not saying T-Rav is the perfect man and I want to embody everything about him. He's saying that this show had no age limit. Sure. It was wet, wilder to watch T-Rav in his fifties <laughs> running around Charleston doing the things he was doing. Yeah. That said, I am quite concerned for Shep's liver at this day and age. Me too, because there was a plot point in like season five where he was talking about his liver and oh, the damage yeah. to his liver, and he was going to the ho- like a doctor for it, and it doesn't seem like things have changed unless he does binges and and huge. That's worse. Breaks. It is binging is the worst thing you can do. Well, what if you what if you have? <laughs> and I say that as someone who almost exclusively binge drinks and don't I don't drink set like six days a week but this the seventh day it's going down and on the seventh day <laughs> on the it... seventh day she shall drink seven glasses <laughs> so it's better for your liver if you consistently show it a little taste of alcohol throughout the week yes and then it is yeah okay because okay. it's just it has to metabolize like one glass of wine not like 10 okay all right so i'm just gonna keep <laughs> Doing little spritzes of alcohol little throughout the week to get my liver ready for when the full <laughs> meal is coming, like we're in Vegas or... Your body's like, no, no, no! <laughs> It's like the Roger Rabbit cartoon where the, the lick, you know, that stuff that comes on them. 
We are brain dead. Yeah. So okay. Okay. okay wait. Sorry. Southern charm. So, okay. So Bragate. Bragate. Oh my god. I, I was not expecting this. I feel like no, I know everything in the world. This came up. Uh, in the panel, and we had no idea what they were talking about because who the hell had the time to watch the Thursday night episode the day yeah. before Bravo? Yeah, Con? what the hell? Um, yeah, who could have? So in this episode, we find out, possibly don't know, if after <laughs> Olivia and uh, Austin had a little sit down, they watched a movie. They watched a film, but they didn't say which one. Three fourths of the film, Friends with Benefit. Oh, right. I don't know if that was that just was a Craig's joke. guess, but but and then it was an Ashton Kutcher rom com. Right. So, he was my favorite. Probably. I mean, maybe no offense to Ashton Kutcher, but how many? There's classic- that Vegas one. You think that? Like- <laughs> we watched our favorite film, Ashton Kutcher's Vegas, With Vegas Vacation. <laughs> um, we watched, you know, a masterpiece from Ashton Kutcher. There's no, uh, I, I thought it was Friends with Benefits. Probably. And then. Which is funny for them to watch at this point. Right. And then she said, they said, I mean, we're, I'm just saying what the main focus of this episode was, like before we get to it. But it was, then they, she went to his house. They watched three fourths of their favorite film. They sat on other sides of the couch. She wanted to get comfortable. So she took off her bra. Then I she, get it, girl. That's awesome. <laughs> she put it on his ottoman, like lovingly draped it over his ottoman. And then when she said goodbye, she kissed him on his chest that and was left. Weird. <laughs> it's like, I was like, wait, what did you say? And it's like, okay. Well, I believe you. I, I love be- how he said it so matter of fact, but I was like, that's weird. I just said, Austin, I believe you so far. I believe you about everything you said. You don't think, I'm, I don't want to be problematic, but she could have followed that trail down. <laughs> Are you saying? I'm just kidding. What I think you're saying, where, oh, no, I, I'm not even going to say it. Um, it okay. just was like, that's like a very intimate thing to do, I think. I thought it was too. And why did he? And why did he think that's that's the classic? Give them a little of the story that's a big enough scoop to where they think that has to be the whole thing. It was weird. So in this episode, it's it's not a lot. It's basically the Southern Charm cast goes up to North Carolina, their ultimate rival mm-hmm. in the Carolinas. <laughs> they go up there. We get some fun, fun Southern gentlemen. Uh, joie de vivre right <laughs> yeah and that's it and then a huge bombshell is revealed that i never could have expected because i thought that olivia and austin were at this you know like austin is trying to bridge this gap and be friends with her but i never thought olivia would ever entertain him in this way no matter right. what she did totally i mean she is grieving so you, you think know? it was grief? like she just like wanted someone to hang out with and then they probably cuddled. What if least. they were? What if the movie they were watching was so um, <laughs> horny that it made things happen? <laughs> Maybe. Like he was like, "Do you want to put on Basic Instinct?" <laughs> or wait, is Basic Instinct Fatal Attraction? Fatal. Oh, oh, I was thinking Basic Instinct with uh, Sharon Stone. I always she get shows Fatal Attraction. Her Punani. <laughs> I think that I think Basic Instinct is more sexually explicit than uh, Fatal Attraction. He only has sex with Glenn Close like once, but it's hot. It's hot as hell. They <laughs> they like spin around on the roof. But basic have you seen Basic Instinct? Yes. Okay. There's like gay sex in that too, right? She has a girlfriend in it. Uh yeah. I think so. I have to watch it again. I just I just remember that it was more sexually explicit. But anyway, and then Oh, okay. I guess we can go now, like through it if you want. Sure. I mean, it's basically just um, you know, I feel like we can just do the high level um yeah so jt and it starts out sort of with jt and rod mm-hmm. and they're like the they're like the 
they're like the ops. They're like coming for the boys' crown yeah. a little bit. It's kind of annoying though. Like, I know me too. It's like wet blanketville. This was I'm the, like, no one's worried about it. Like, why don't you chill? Yeah, this was the first time where I was like, Oh, JT and Rod, I don't I like you as cast members. You guys are both shining stars. Yeah. But I don't want you to make it your mission to think you you're toppling the Southern Charm um cast to take them down so that right. you guys can take over as these, these new modern men or whatever. Yeah. I just want to see you guys all hang out. I wrote down at one point that I said, I feel like Rod is a pawn. In JT's like, scheme? Or just like, because it, it doesn't feel like he like actually truly cares about, he doesn't have a leg to stand on to yeah. care what Olivia does. Right. Like she has a pre-existing relationship with Austin. So if she wants to fuck around with him, like she can do that. Yeah. And, and it's, he it, has no relationship with her. Yeah. Like they've been on like one date. And it's giving bro code again, this late right. in the day where he, where uh, Rod is like, I made my intentions clear with Austin <laughs> that once you say what your intentions are to a, um, you know, a significant person in your life that they no longer can do anything. It's like, I thought we got rid of all those like codes of contact right. or uh, what's that conduct about, you know, relationships between men and women. That's kind of right. what Craig says. Right. He's like, he's like, she's not a damsel in distress. Like, yeah. She can do what she she's wants. She's not a helpless sexual creature. Just, you know, blame Olivia just as much. And also like Austin's thing that he said to Rod, which he barely said it. He was like, he was kind of like, he was restrained. He was like, Olivia doesn't like you <laughs> basically. Yeah. If she wanted to, she would. Right. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I think JT for me is the bigger proponent of this. Like we got to take these boys down and, and tr- yeah. change them and train them. He keeps being like, I'm not letting Austin get away with murder. Yeah. And I'm like, it, huh? Right. I mean, he's like a douchebag and like a player, but like she knows that. Right. Yeah. So I didn't, <laughs> I don't, I don't like these secret meetings between them because it's like they're forming an alliance to try to like, I, I don't know, take down Shep and Austin. And I just feel like it, it just strikes me as such a narr- like a narrative for them. Yeah. Like that, that, like the producer said, I think you guys should like try to take these people down. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's weird. Uh, and then Austin and Olivia get together casually first. Um, he, She's like, can you confirm that you didn't get nudes from Taylor? And he's like, I mean, I don't know if I believe him, but he said he did not get nudies from Taylor. I I think I I don't believe him. Yeah. The way he said he it. He was shifty eyed. The way he said it sounded exactly like when he was denying kissing uh, Taylor. He said it so matter of factly and solemnly that it just sounded weird. Like he didn't yeah. joke about it. It was like, I'm definitively stating the truth. I did not receive nudies from Taylor. It's like, why wouldn't we? I, well, first of all, how can we believe anything he's ever said? He's lied right. about 10 things already this season. For sure. So I think it's very possible that he received one. And I liked that Olivia was sort of being playful when she said that, but you could tell that she really wanted the answer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then we go to Whitney, Shep, and Lil Craig. And he, I feel like Shep doesn't even ultimately care that much about the nude photos, but he has to defend his honor and tell Whitney that it was fucked up, that he didn't tell him and showed other people. That's how I feel about all Shep scenes uh, this season. I can't tell if any of this actually matters to Shep. Yeah. I, I can tell when it matters to him, like when Taylor reunites with little Craig and like he, I could tell he was like sad. And I do think he knows that he treated Taylor like shit and yeah. like their post breakup affected her. But I don't really know if he really felt compelled to chastise Whitney about that. It felt like 
this is what I should be doing to Whitney, you know? Right. And it was over within two seconds. Right. Whitney goes, I deleted that photo, so there's no more evidence. And then Shep goes, well, how risque was it? And he goes, I don't remember. Yeah. He was like, I thought it was a joke. I'm like, why would that be a joke? Yeah. You know those jokes that your friends send you where they're fully nude and it says, come one, come all, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. One factoid that I really liked from this, you know, kind of uneventful get together between Whitney and Shep was when they were talking about JT, Shep goes, Shep starts to say, I know you don't really care for JT, but then he switches it so that he's not putting that on Whitney. Like uh-huh. he says something like, um, yeah, I know JT is a lot or whatever. You know, he's kind of nerdy, but he thinks he's cool. Oh yeah. And Whitney goes, yeah, it's amusing. But like, so I think that Whitney just does not like JT at all. Not surprised. Which is kind of funny that the executive producer of this show, when they're casting it, I'm sure he's discussing it yeah and was he like reluctant to put jt on but they were like you need a new guy right i mean i mean he's a good pick jt yeah yeah and i like that he makes whitney mad it's like okay there's something there's something there yeah i wonder how hands-on he is truly at this point um, i bet he still has i mean he did a great job like i i find whitney uh repulsive a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the time but i have to give him credit for the rest of his life that he saw something in this southern charm cast and it's still going after yeah. 10 years it's true um i did think it was cute that shep packed little craig an overnight bag like he had his own bag that I was so that. that was so sweet um i got a good lull when jt's uber drove away without with his stuff oh yeah that was so <laughs> fun and shep said he goes he goes i i feel like jt gets the short end of the <laughs> stick on a lot of small things which he's like is... the foil and then later he gets like the bunk bedroom yeah and he's kind of <laughs> upset about it yeah. um so so shep goes to whitney um really quick he just says um you know all this stuff that's going on i really need a trip which is just so funny. That's how every single person in the Bravo universe sets up one yeah. of their, their local trips that they're going right. to have at the beginning of a season. Yeah. Even for like in the preview, they're going to Jamaica. I know. So every season now of Bravo, I'm starting to realize if you're a successful franchise, you get one local trip right at the start yeah. to like like Vegas on Beverly yeah. Hills. It's like just to get the yeah. fire burning, maybe the fallout of that will propel a lot of you know, drama. And then you get an international trip yeah. if you're really killing it. Yeah. I like wasn't paying attention and I looked up and I was like, I was like, dang, Charleston is beautiful. <laughs> I was like, where are they? And then I was like, oh, that's like, <laughs> like tropical island. <laughs> oh, 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 I was, I think Charleston is beautiful every time well, sure, I see it. But like, I was like, where the fuck is that? These oh, no. like blue waters. I can't wait for that trip. It sounds like JT flies off the handle. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to know about um, the Austin and Olivia dynamic that makes Taylor sort of even more indefensible is that Olivia says at that dinner or, or sorry, lunch or brunch, whatever it was, she says, um, Taylor was telling me that you, Austin, were so in love with me during this time where she was like actively pursuing you, which oh, does make it a little, it does make it a little worse mm-hmm. that Taylor was like telling all this shit like Austin was pining for or whatever while right. she was actively trying to like make that relationship happen. Right. But that was another interesting facet of this Taylor-Olivia dynamic. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked, it does really seem like Craig really does love rom-coms because no, he, he does. Austin was like saying how his therapist said he shouldn't have sex for two months and uh Craig was like that would be a great rom-com like you meet the girl of your dreams but you have to wait two months yeah and then Rod says yeah there's a movie called 40 days and 40 nights does is that movie any good it's horrible 
Is um, that the Josh Hartnett one? It was one of the movies. Yeah, it's a sex romp or whatever where jo- Josh Hartnett can't make love for 40 days. Is that... Who's the woman? Uh, Is it Shannon Shashamon? Yeah, it's Shannon... Sh- uh, sorry. Shosh. I don't want to get it wrong. Shannon Sosh. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Shimon. Yeah. And there's one, his ex girlfriend <laughs> is like, I guess she's supposed to be like a, a psychotic ex girlfriend. Uh-huh. At the end of 40 Days and 40 Nights, he's waiting to have sex with um, uh, Shannon Shashamon. Shashamon. Uh, so he's tied up and he's got a blindfold on his head and he's waiting to have sex with her. But then his ex girlfriend comes in instead and <gasps> rapes him. <laughs> Because she thinks that he, I was not expecting. Because he thinks that he, she thinks that he was waiting for her, and then Shannon comes in the room while they're having sex, and it ruins their relationship. You know how in rom coms, oh my god, like forgetting Sarah Marshall, That's where terrible. They have to have at the last second act. They have to have one wrong thing happen, yeah. where then it has to repair. So that's the horrible thing. And that's one of those movies where when I was seventeen, I was not discerning, and I liked every movie in the world. <gasps> I don't know if the video's recording. Oh my god, what happened? Oh no. We're talking about 40 days and 40 nights. It's okay. Well, you can do that technical glitch. Here, should I stop recording for a second? Sorry about that little technical glitch and very sorry to the YouTube community for um not recording half of our episode. <laughs> my phone decided that it was full even though I deleted a bunch of videos. I think I needed to delete them from my deleted if it's any consolation to youtube viewers we did absolutely nothing visually for 45 minutes Yeah, i'm just gonna put in a photo for 30 minutes where we're like and if you want i could animate it so that it's two photos alternating so it looks like we're animatedly talking gesticulating yeah um okay so southern charm where were where were we at we're, we were at the bus right yeah Okay. Um, so we were talking about like the rom-coms and stuff. You were telling me about that horrible movie. And, oh, um, oh, right. I just, I wanted to say, I wanted to end my thought, which was that um, at 17, I was not discerning about movies that I liked. I liked every movie mm-hmm. and found merit in all of them. I think like young people do for the most part. That was probably the last movie where I was like, I think what I just saw <laughs> was pure shit and I hated every minute of it. And it made me more discerning. That's good. So congrats to the director and writer of... <laughs> 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. Maybe that's what happened to Josh Hartnett's career. And now only with Oppenheimer can he return. It was so gross and off-putting and disgusting that I could imagine that was detrimental to his career. (laughs) Well, then he shit his pants at uh, Chateau Marmont. What'd you say? He (laughs) shit. Did you already forget? That's why. Are you saying that... (laughs) When he looked at Variety, which had a huge review of 40 Days and 40 Nights, and that's yeah. what caused him to shit it was his like pants. Hartnet flops and slops. <laughs> and then he shit. <laughs> yeah. he, um, did you, you never sent me that 911 call. Oh, I got to do that. Will you? We'll pull it up it's right after. It's been like a month. <laughs> you have to remind me. I'm okay. a busy woman. I know you are. Okay, so then Taylor calls Shep, which I'm like, wow, they're really just like friendly, huh? Yeah, can I? Well, well, we we got that uh, last week, I think, when they had that little thing. Like, they're trying to have a friendship, you know, sure. a beautiful post-relationship friendship. Wait, can I go back just for one second for a 30-second question? Okay. Austin said that he likes to text movie quotes to Olivia. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, what the hell... It's their thing. What the hell kind of quotes do you just send someone randomly from a movie? That's, I bet it's like, I'm trapped in a glass case of emotion. Like... 
Okay. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So like, and when, she's like, ha ha. ha I remember that. Funny. Anchorman. <laughs> That's so stupid. <laughs> That's silly. Um, that would be if I got that. I'm trapped in a glass case of emotion. That's an instant ha Block. ha. No, <laughs> no, that's an instant ha ha. Never think about it again. Tap. Yeah, that's a tap. Tap back. back. That's a tap back. Do you use those tap backs? Yeah. <laughs> I like to reward everyone with my full thought. But in sometimes you text. go ha h a ha for me means I actually laughed and thought it was funny. Ha ha. No, now haha did supplement that. I it's genuinely okay. ha. It's it's legitimate, legitimately laughter when I put a haha on those. Okay. What about for you? I use the tap backs a lot. I know you do. Yeah. But it, does haha really mean it? <laughs> yeah, usually. Sometimes it will be like, all right, I'll I'll give you one. <laughs> <laughs> so like everyone. I also you're... like use LOL with abandon. It's become a tick for me to yeah. say LOL. Oh, okay. I never said that. I was two, I was two years a, a ahead of the LOL curve, and I never said it, so I would just give everyone the ha, which means a lot to me. It I does. think some people think it's a slap in the face. Some people do, but it, for, it really means a lot to me. To not do the tap back, ha ha, and give you a live ha is real. Francis ha. Francis ha. Good movie. <laughs> um, wait, okay. I just wanted to say on tap back, Wait, some oh never mind this is too stupid tap back tap back oh <laughs> candace's uh speech was so, one of the best at the bravos she's an entertainer she's so good yeah it was the best speech it like makes everybody else's speech look like shit and the fact that she got played off perfectly with her song was like <laughs> genius totally um i liked when um they were talking about valentine's day and shep was like it's uh, uh, i don't think it's recording Oh my God, YouTube is completely fucked. Oh my God, YouTube, we are so sorry. And I'm just saying this for our main feed so that if you're watching on YouTube, you it's horrible. I This this is, we've never flopped like this. All right, we're going to take another break. We got to get through Southern Charm. Oh my God, I think we're cursed after BravoCon. What did Chip say about Valentine's Day? <laughs> he said that it's for um, losers and weak people. Do you think, it's like, that's... I mean, okay. Well, that's I, his whole like railing against the like marital industrial complex. He always has a, you know, thorn in his side about the expectations. He just said it again on Teddy's podcast. He goes, in 30 years, people will look at marriage <laughs> as the biggest joke in history. <laughs> he said on the um, Dynamic Duos panel, um, the woman what's her name, Lisa, from Miami, whose husband is, like, engaged to someone else now. Um, she, he was, they were saying something about marriage, and Shep was like, marriage is, like, bad, you know? Like, no one he's should like, do that. He's like, don't get me started on marriage. Yeah. But it's just, like, now isn't it more of a cliche to be, like, Valentine's Day is a is a credit card, or, I mean, not credit card. Well, it is. <laughs> um greeting card you yeah. know corporate or whatever it's like i don't know valentine's is kind of fun right yeah it's you like just, not that serious you just you give somebody flowers and you go on a date and you watch a movie it's like kind of fun yeah. why holidays are cool <laughs> even the worst holiday labor day don't be all uncool right yeah exactly like what luann said it's like i'll take a valentine's <laughs> day it's fun sure cupid's I mean, arrow hits if you. he cared about someone he would enjoy it do you think for someone a valentine's day card that had chep's face on it that says valentine's day is for losers and weak people <laughs> we should sell a... those should we yeah okay 
the most important thing that happens uh, in this van is the Craig Panda Bear conversation. Right. Where he reveals he doesn't think that pandas are real. Right. Um, and they also reminded us of that moment when he was anti-vax in the past. Right. <laughs> and so those two things, there's definitely... Um, one was real. Like, I do think he believed, unfortunately, the backwards man, the backwards running man flu shot uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. That, that, like, that, that was going around. That was, I, it's crazy his Craig's good PR these days because yeah. I fucking forgot about that and I used to absolutely hold that against him. Me too. Me too. But I don't know. I mean, if some people saw the backwards running man guy and you just, you don't know. It's like it's like fake news. It's like you, disinformation. You don't sure. know what to believe. Like, do you remember when the vaccine was first coming out? Not to talk about vaccines because we have a lot of vaccine skeptics that <laughs> listen to uh, Turtle Time. But do you remember the people who were like going, "I just got the the vaccine." Yeah. Do you remember that? It's like wiggle worms. <laughs> God damn it! COVID and everything about COVID was that so was wild. That, that was, was the best. <laughs> what a terrible time. That was awful. But, uh, yeah, Craig used to be worse he he and now it feels softened. like he has a his quote conspiracy theory leanings are a little more like humor based yeah i i, I think he believes probably 20 percent of the conspiracy theories he used to believe i mean like i know. feel like oh sorry yeah go ahead <laughs> i was just saying i just saw on tmz a crazy conspiracy theory speaking of what? theories rob reiner said that he knows for a fact that the jfk assassination was a conspiracy a cover-up and he's going to spill the tea very soon oh my god and that just came you up. get an alert for that yeah i have jfk assassination <laughs> was it real or not as a google alert and rob reiner just um confirmed it we love so, rob reiner we do <laughs> i don't think i like anyone less than rob reiner you hate rob reiner i mean i don't love him do you like him <laughs> why not I, I just think he's i don't know okay do you what prefer do- carl Carl Reiner? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it is. I love Carl Reiner more. <laughs> Carl Reiner was the one in Ocean's Eleven, right? Yeah. Okay. Rob well, Reiner directed Misery. Okay. Oh, right. I love <laughs> Rob Reiner. Um, he, yeah. So anyway, by the time this comes out, we might know that the JFK assassination was a cover-up. Great. wonder what so, Craig thinks about that. He, well, so this one was tongue-in-cheek, though. Sure. I was just thinking, I feel like Paige wouldn't put up with anti-vax uh, sentiment for a minute, but also maybe I don't know her that well. She is. She is. <laughs> no, but anti-flu shot was a little more normalized before COVID came and made. I don't I know. Think, I feel like if you were starting from that place, then COVID was going to be really bad for you. Right. I, yeah. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But I didn't. I don't know. Just I, vaccine skepticism in general is a dangerous territory. Right. Okay. Well, I forgot about that about Craig, and I think he's got a more sanitized view of conspiracies now okay we'll he see said, he next said, week is the tin hat brigade well i can't wait to see what he says because yeah. what if he just keeps repeating about that the backwards uh <laughs> uh running thing again he doubles down yeah but he also goes i like when he said he's like he's like why do you not think pandas are real and craig says because there's just no evidence of them which is yeah. that was funny he was laughing yeah, yeah. um this taylor family moment i thought was very sweet me too yeah oh oh yeah i mean her house yeah, her lake nice. house was beautiful and I mean, her grandparents still being there and i was like i was like got a little jealous i was like i don't have any grandparents anymore and i was like i want like a pow pow and like a me me too i still have my grandmother <gasps> give her a hug i know i'm going to she's in florida okay when we go to key west you'll hug my Fire grandma with in. me 
I'll wear a mask if we have just flown. Why? Oh, oh, oh. You know what? Okay. Yeah, you can. Yeah, sure. Yeah, just hug my grandma and um, I, yeah. Anyway, so I, um, I did like this little peek into Taylor's very sweet and happy family. Like, yeah, and then I had like a full like Raven Simone prediction where because we get to meet her brother yeah. Worth yeah. and we know what's going to happen there. And then I thought about her parents there and her Mima and Papa and I that know. they're going to have to hear that news I and I couldn't take it. I know. I, I, I was almost like so stunned that they kept this scene. I mean, I'm glad they did because it's like it shows the family in that light with him or whatever. But it's like it's so sad because this is the this is the crazy timing. Yeah. The, the timing of these shows that they're like six months behind the real world. It's like that scene was so sad. I was just talking to someone about um, how the brothers of Bravo are not safe. Who who else is in that category besides Carl's. Olivia? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're That's right. Like three right there. There's a there's a um, there's something going on in. Well, I don't know. I don't want to get into it or, or whatever. But um, Olivia did come out and say because th- there was a little bit of like, it, you know, it's so morbid to talk about. And yeah. I don't want to stay on it for a long time at all but olivia did say that um his her brother's passing was uh fentanyl related yeah which it's like unfortunately that's just a reality of our world now that even casual drug users or anything like a casual little bump of coke could just like completely kill you right everyone i mean again whatever dark too dark but charleston is is, um known for being a ski town Really? If you know what I mean. Skiing? It, is it? I didn't know that. Who, who who told you that? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. I'm talking about doing bumps. <laughs> Riley, do you get it? Yeah. Wait, skis? Do you know what I mean? Like on Winter House? Well, <laughs> I, whatever. I don't want to get into wait, slander wait, wait, tell, territory, tell, tell, but. Who, who, just, just anonymously, what, I didn't know that. No, I just like saw in comments and people were saying that. That group, including potentially ones who have passed, were um, historically a source for maybe the most famous founding father on the show that we were talking about earlier. What? Wait. You <laughs> just obscured, you obscured that fact so much that you left me completely T-Rav. in the dust. Oh, does he was drugs he and was potentially got them from someone. Oh, he was, he had big gigantic bowls of coke at his yeah. at his party that that's that's um proven on the on the record or whatever but okay so is that your evidence that charleston is is a wash <laughs> in cocaine i just saw like there was a thread about that whole situation yeah. and that like they all like knew him yeah. in that way and that who, who are you talking about you, you're I just don't want to slander i mean either let's let's not but yeah. knowing that charleston is a coke town it's like this un it's it was, I mean, it makes uh, sense if these people are staying up all night. Yeah, all the but time. I just want to say for our casual drug users that are little turtle cuties or Villa Rosa VIPs, if you are, ever do any drugs, get an Narcan, get an Narcan, and get a, a fentanyl test strip for anything you put in your body. You yeah. have to. That's a that's a public service announcement. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that don't want to talk about why people in their lives died because they don't want to implicate them from doing one little rip of, of coke and fully sully the memory of someone. But it's important now that people know this is a prevalent, awful 
thing that is going around. Yeah. Any ca- even casually, even one little New Year's Eve bump. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry, but that's that's important to say, right? Totally. Okay. Um okay. So yeah, so that family scene was really cute. Um I liked uh her grandma. She offered her grandma a glass of wine and she was like, "Just a swallow." Oh, I liked that. And did you like what their cheese plate said? Sweet dreams are made of cheese. Who, Who? has a mind to disagree? Isn't that fun? <laughs> Do you think they have it at Home Goods? Should we go right after this? I knew you'd like it and I wanted to get you one. So pretend I didn't say this. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then we go to Shep's house, which is also very beautiful. I mean, I forget how rich Shep is. We just saw him in person. Yeah. And um, he... On top of the wealth he already has for being a cast member for 10 seasons on a Bravo show, whatever the hell that check is, he still is just rich from that family legacy money. Seeing that house, I don't know how many houses they own, but the fact that that's just like an unused spare home up there, it was the most beautiful. Yeah, he said that they've been going up there since the 50s. Yeah. Oh my God. It was amazing. I mean, and then Taylor's house, it's like, God damn, Taylor, you're rich as hell too. So it makes sense why they got along, you know? Rich people. And like, like they have that, you know, their summer homes are in like the same area. Do you think that's why Shep didn't like us when he saw us? <laughs> he loved me. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I, I wonder <laughs> if he could tell that I was not in the same social class as him. You weren't wearing a palm frond blazer. But I was wearing a big monocle, <laughs> right? He thought that you were trying to con him. <laughs> I will say I was proud of the men for they really had a nice dinner put together ultimately. Yeah, ultimately it took a lot. And they were sort of hinting around that devastating grill scene that they had in in years past. You remember when they spent (laughs) like six hours? Yeah, that was the best. So they had a little bit of that, but it seems like Craig now fully knows how to grill. He's like a grill master guy. Yeah. And they got it together. And then that's when JT goes... Ron just asked me for a special <laughs> request. He wants me to take a white claw to him in his room. So I will be doing that now. And everybody goes, okay. And then they have the conversation where Rod drops the bombshell where he goes, and I don't, this, this story, I don't know. I, I, Rod is trustworthy, but how it's he found this confusing. information, I didn't understand it. So he's friends with another woman. That Austin is flirting with. Okay. And, and after Olivia left and she said, I'm going to leave my bra here now. Um, this other woman that Rod knows went to Craig's house because she was around the corner. Austin's she went to, house. Oh, oh, what did I say? Craig. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh God. No, <laughs> Craig didn't do that. Austin's house went to his bathroom to use his toilet. Like, Hey, can I use your bathroom? <laughs> this guy I'm casually seeing. It sounds like Austin had possibly sex with Olivia and then possibly had sex with another woman right after. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And then I think Rod is is trying to circle around that actual fact. So the story makes no sense. Uh, She went into his house to use his bathroom. She came out. He had a bra on his ottoman. It's giving the Madison story again. Yeah. It's like you caught him sleeping with someone else immediately. Yeah. And then Rod is like, so now I can only uh, deduce that Olivia and him hooked up. Yeah. But then you're right. The whole thing of like, what is Rod's place in this? Yeah. Sounds like he's friend zoned by both women. Yes, totally. (laughs) And they're both like, I went over there and there was a freaking bra on there. He's like, what? (laughs) No. Yeah. And then I I love Rod. I love Rod. 
I do feel like he feels like it's his duty to make this a part of his story. But JT is really the one who's going like, we can't keep letting them get away with this. You got to yeah. raise us to the rooftops. And then by the time they go to dinner, I don't know if we can just segue, right? Was there anything? I just got a flash of Shannon when she like is going off on who's she mad at like heather when she goes you will see the yeah. truth yeah when she's getting shoved out of their house for and they're like, like call 911 <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah exactly so i don't know if we can go to dinner but yeah by the time they get to dinner which is sort of fun i mean i just like the, the them hanging out but jt starts to make very unsubtle references to what he just learned i mean the most ham-handed but in a funny way where it didn't feel it felt like stirring the pot in a way that's like so intentional that he he's doing it to stir the pot for the show but also i feel like jt is the kind of guy that would actually do that so they they like toast to like heart being heartbreakers or something yeah and then yeah he goes there's a lot of hearts being broken around here and at dinner he goes uh uh, sriracha towns are probably so clouded with toxicity and he goes kind of like our town of charleston (laughs) and then and then he goes and then austin goes are you a good cook and he goes well i will stir the pot right now if you'll permit me and he goes my friend rod just gave me a big souffle so rod take it from here and rod is like he just got handed the yeah. hot potato and he's he like i'm wanna... just trying to eat my mac and cheese so with then sriracha. Rod, so then rod feels compelled like he has to share this thing that he wasn't ready to talk about at dinner and he has yeah. to say, say it in front of everyone yeah and craig and shep are like what's this guy gonna say yeah Ugh. i loved the sriracha conversation was such a true like small talk oh yeah like <laughs> austin was like Ooh, the sriracha on the mac and cheese is really good. And then they're like, how long has sriracha existed? And then they're like, have you heard that that town is up in smoke right. with sriracha? I, mean, I liked it because I, I, I like I like the pace of, of this. I like that like they can almost make anything entertaining. But yeah, it was funny. It's like Rod I was like, are JT- you guys like trapped in an elevator right now? Right. Like, like- Rod, Rod and JT are clearly just not their friends. So they're yeah. like, they're not as comfortable yeah. with them. Uh, wait, Rodrigo is not on this trip. Yeah. He is. Yeah, I there. deleted him. He- from my mind. He goes, I got to wipe the peas off of my face so that I can listen to what Rod's about to okay. say. Yeah, Rodrigo's there. He's the one who says, Shep, you look really handsome as a 18-year-old. That picture was cool. Yeah. Um, although, I'll tell you, I saw um, a Rodrigo post on the way home from BravoCon that made me look at him in a different oh, no. way. What was it? It was just... It was the woman next to him on the flight back had her feet up on the, like, under the TV, which, like, is gross. I think she was wearing socks, but... He was like, it was, he took a photo of the woman next to him. You go, at Delta. No, it was like, look at this nasty ass bitch. <laughs> no, he didn't. I was like, Where, oh my God. Can I pull it up now? I or it, been... it was a story. You should have. I should have. I was like, I think I was like in a dark hole of look like just this, scrolling. But he called na- a woman like a nasty bitch. And I was like, I'm a little thrown off by this. And now whenever I see photos of him, I'm like, I'm scared of you. <laughs> Whoa, I did not have that read on him at all. Look at this nasty bitch sitting next to me with her feet under it her was TV. something like very bold. People are so wild about planes. Like that is like the one thing where everyone feels like I get to complain about anything that happens on a plane. Sure, which I'm like, he no, could no, no. have just said like. No, I'm not, I'm not excusing He it. could have been I'm, like, ew, come on now. Yeah, but- or saying or saying loving my seat at, at Delta. This was amazing experience. Um, no. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, I'm just saying I have my eyes on him now. Uh, me too now. I don't <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like him calling her a nasty bitch. Um, 
then, then as JT does this, Craig and Shep and Rodrigo are kind of like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we just want to eat hamburgers and mac and cheese. And then Rod goes, I will talk to you this, uh, you know, talk to you about this outside yeah. Austin, you know, please excuse us. And then JT continues the fight inside with the guys. He's like, Austin is getting away with murder. I just can't watch it anymore. It's like, JT, calm down. He goes, he's uh, making a fool of our friend group. JT, the friend group, we've never seen you before. You've never been a part of this friend group. You don't need to stand up for anything yet. Just take it easy. And then Craig is saying that. Shep is saying that. They're like, come on. And then Craig has a valid point. He's like, get mad at Olivia too. She did this. And then uh, we go to Austin and... Rod's conversation outside. Yeah. He, they basically do the play by play that she got comfy, took off her bra. This is where she says they snuggled and she kissed him on the chest. Um, and then he's like, you know, I'll be honest, it did bring back feelings or whatever, yeah. you know? And <laughs> Rod's like, that's not what being a gentleman is all about, which he's like obsessed with. Okay, Mr. Gentleman. There, do you there, think that that's like the yes, producers think yes. that like the playboys have gone too far so they need to balance it out on the other side that's what we said at the beginning the producers are saying hey if you want to take some shots at these boys they're ready for it let's introduce a new generation of southern gentlemen that are chivalrous and respectful of women and they don't kiss them and leave them or (laughs) that um, none of the girls have any interest in whatsoever which yes but i'm fine (laughs) with it i'm fine with that energy i just want it to be a little more authentic i'm fine if jt gets fucking pissed at Austin for the things he does. Sure. I just don't want it to be like, we have to uphold the mantle of Southern gentlemen everywhere because it is my right to do this. And it's like, okay, it just smells like a storyline. Right. But I want JT to have conflict with these boys. I don't mind. Yeah. What did it, Austin, it sounded like he bit his tongue. Yeah. Like he was going to say yeah, it, something. It, it was, if you want to continue to go after Olivia and then he bites his tongue. Yeah. But he was about to say, who doesn't even like you, but he's too respectful to say it because it's like, it is so mean. He's like, I actually give Austin credit for that. He could have clearly said it. He had every right. He could have said it as nice as he wanted to. He just didn't say it. Yeah. But it's true. Olivia's not interested in Rod. And I really was off base with how like that kiss that they had. Like (laughs) you were, you were right. I was reading way too much into it. I didn't realize, like, I, I don't think Olivia really liked Rod as much as he liked her. No. Um, and you knew it and I was wrong. I mean, we've now rod was very nice to us in person he's a good looking guy but once you're trapped into that tornado of like a six foot five fuck boy it's over like that's like that's you just <laughs> describe what everybody's feeling about Corey and Winterhouse. yeah they're like once you see Corey spinning around six foot five or however tall he is chugging beer and sticking his tongue out you're like i have to have more of that not me <laughs> not well, me uh, I'll speak for myself. No, but Jordan was like Corey pilled. Totally. Totally. Right? I know. Drove her mad. We'll get to that. Um, <laughs> okay, wait, I do like, ends. though, that Austin was like, he said out loud, I don't want to get back with her because I would just hurt her again. Like, he admitted that. Good. He's you know? right. He's right. He goes, I'm going to continue to go to therapy. And Rod goes, I'm going to sleep on this and I'm going to decide what I say to decide Olivia. Decide what? Yeah, please don't tell her this. Please don't <laughs> talk to her about this. I don't want to see the scene where you're, you're I don't know what he's going to say to her. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it ends, I mean, it's going to be good because Olivia and Taylor are coming to that cabin and they're all going to put on tinfoil hats yeah. and I can't wait. It's like so wild that they're all just going to be together. I know. It's so fun. Yeah. Do you, you concur with me that Southern Charm is kind of ripping? Yeah, it's fun. 
So fun. And I like when they go to the vacation homes there. Me too. Teddy Mellencamp asked Shep who his best friend is on the Southern Charm cast. I'll give you you three guesses. (laughs) Craig? No. Austin? No. (laughs) Thomas Ravenel? (laughs) Nope. Tell me. Whitney. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. He loves Whitney the most, yeah. which I, even though that makes sense, um, I was still surprised that he wouldn't say Craig or Austin because those are hit. That's a trio. Right. Yeah. But he secretly likes Whitney the most. Uh, I forgot, either forgot or didn't know that I forgot that Teddy and Shep like grew up together. Yeah. I just learned that because I listened to her interview after BravoCon with her and Shep. And yeah, they were in the same like middle school or high school together. On at Hilton, Hilton Head. Head. Yeah. A class of like 12 people. So they knew all of their classmates by name. Like they grew up with all the same kids the entire time on an island. It's wild. Yeah. It's fun. I liked it. I liked, I liked hearing about Shep's like youth. Um, yeah. With He's Teddy had Morgan. a charmed life. He, so he, to speak. He's one of the luckiest people in the world. I mean, who <laughs> knows what grief and horrors he's had to deal with that we haven't seen. But on, on paper, he's one of the luckiest people that's ever existed. Yeah. I think his lack of trials and tribulations have uh, lent to him having no interest in making a commitment to yeah. another human being. Yeah, exactly. I think if you grow up rich and you've seen what a life of leisure is and you have no... You don't need to work or do anything. Once you're attracted to that lifestyle, you can never go back and want to do anything different. And he doesn't have to. And his mom even put groceries in the fridge. Did you see that? Yeah, that was really sweet. I was like, wow. So at first I was like, wow, I'm proud of these guys for putting this whole thing together. And I was like, well, his mommy put the groceries in the fridge. His mom like ran out of there right (laughs) as soon as the boys got there. Like she had just done everything for them. Yeah. Um, Salt Lake Lake City. City. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was awesome. Yeah. But I think we can talk about it um, like the three pivotal scenes if okay. you want to. Because it's kind of yeah. like, you know, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It was great though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to start? Sure. I'll start <laughs> with I loved that Monica and Angie sat down. Oh, and I want to say off the top of, at the top of the episode, Angie kind of shined in this episode. I thought she was actually kind of fun. I like this new middle person because i i can't think of a lot of instances where a cast member is like so between two people yeah so she repairs her relationship with monica which i actually thought was a really sweet scene angie just goes hat in hand and says monica once i saw your relationship with your mom and your relationship with your kids and everything i felt so bad about how i treated you here's a book on I don't know, whatever that book was about. And she goes, I fully just want to tell you that I think you're remarkable or whatever. And then Monica goes, your house and your party was so beautiful. And the way you treated my kids, they've never had an experience like that. I was blown away by you. And it was like, it was powerful. It was like yeah. really sweet. And I liked it. It was just like, for now, the grudge is over. The beef yeah. is over. And I felt like that felt real to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Angie um, told her that her mom was an alcoholic and died um, when she was eight. And I'm like, on Roni, for some reason, that would be like a horror show to share that. Like, Oh, <laughs> oh, you're right. The amount of attention that got in Salt Lake City is exactly why when a show is rip-roaring and entertaining as hell, that can be just 20 seconds where you learn that about Angie, you absorb it, it's a part of her character, you don't belabor it. Yeah. But on Roni... They have nothing else to justify it. So that's a four episode arc. Yeah. We'd be like, why'd you tell me that? Yeah. And then now that uh, Angie and Monica have repaired, it puts Angie in a place where Lisa and Monica are not doing well. And now that Angie has repaired a relationship, she's sort of the bridge between them. And now she feels conflicted about what she can do with that dynamic. And the Monica and Lisa dynamic is 
sour, rotten to the rotten core. Rotten to the core. And one of the best fights at yeah, the end of this. It was funny. The last ten minutes of that fight <laughs> was awesome. Yeah, I was like, I've never seen. They Lisa. never stopped ping ponging back and forth. And I love those moments where like Monica said something that Lisa just could not. Not, yeah, uh, and then re- An- retort. And then Angie would get insulted somehow, and yes. she'd be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, and I love the whisper fighting. And I've, I have honestly, since Lisa did the the rant against Meredith, I've never seen Lisa that pissed in a while. Yeah, for sure. Monica got her, like, got her pissed totally. Um, yeah. In the next scene, uh, Lisa saying that uh, Monica's relationship with her mom is conveniently abusive, and that she's bringing it on herself. And I think I'm sure some people argue that. I mean, I've heard that there are Monica haters. I don't know how the hell you could be, especially after this episode where she's like on fire, like so good. But I saw enough of Monica's mom to where I know that <laughs> is a horrible relationship she terrifies me you can't fake it the, they, in the preview for next week when she pulls up in the car i literally screamed i, I, I was sc- like it was like a horror i i screamed when she sat down with her mom to eat dinner in, in last with week's the episode. guacamole what about how they had even more moments that were <laughs> wild from that fight they showed this episode her mom talking to a plant to try to get her point across you remember that yeah that was like <laughs> when they more... morphed lisa barlow's face onto the plant yeah there was more on the cutting room floor that was just as good as no, everything I'm we saw absolutely terrified of her mom um i just want to shout out really quick that i love bobby the um uh oh yes Oh my gosh, my brain. Uh, Whitney's, Whitney's, Whitney's daughter. daughter. Whitney and Justin's daughter. Uh, she's so cute. And when she was like getting her makeup done and she like can't, she doesn't like realize she can talk while wearing lip yeah. liner. And then she looks at herself in the mirror and she goes, I have eyebrows. It was so sweet. I mean, they made her day and it was so sweet to watch a 13 year old like get the best party of their life. Uh, yeah. It looked so fun. All those fun. sodas. That's like peak girl age in my opinion oh really well even 13 is maybe like the end oh, like that... she needs to cherish every second oh, that was the absolute nadir of my life <laughs> i think i had like when i was like 10 to 12 i was having a fucking blast with the girlies oh man i am i'm so excited <laughs> so it's been you peaked early i guess and you're just on this i mean but of... then it's like once you're 13 14 15 then it's like boys are involved trying to be cool is involved oh. but when you're like 10 11 12 you're just like a dorky ass little kid you know wow i have the exact opposite <laughs> all of my life has been better than the life before it good you're so, moving ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay so lisa is in the wrong here but in lisa's defense she hasn't she doesn't have all of the facts she hasn't seen monica and her mom except for that one isolated incident so i think it's fine for lisa to think this is a storyline even though she says it in a roundabout way i'm yeah. okay with it but lisa is in the wrong from what we've seen and also my favorite conflicts in the bravo universe are when you sort of are on both sides yeah like i don't like any clear-cut Ones where it's just like, this person sucks and they're just trying to fight and they ha- it, there's no authenticity to it. I like that Lisa and Monica are warring right now because yeah. I like both of them. And I mean, I, you know, I'm like invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'll just quickly say I loved that um, Bobby was obsessed with the drink bar. Oh, yeah. It was like Dr. Pepper with like flavorings. And, and she they, was like, this is the best day ever. She's like, I'm putting caramel sauce in my Dr. Pepper. And, the, and Whitney's like no more you gotta slow down and she's like i'm 13 i can drink as much dr pepper as i want you know because mormon culture there's no alcohol so oh, right there's such a soda culture megan right. tells me that all the time but she doesn't was, it have to be caffeine free aren't they caffeine free i think caffeine is the one thing where the um it's a wink, bishops wink. the bishops say and now nobody have caffeine this weekend but it's kind well, of especially like a, if you have a cool bishop like uh lisa like, 
And another thing I love, a storyline that is not getting its due because Lisa is shutting it down every time. I love Heather's skepticism of Lisa's relationship with the Mormon church yeah. because Heather is right. Lisa is a wishy-washy Mormon who doesn't want her Mormonism on display because she knows how conflicted she feels about it yeah. and how conflicted her family is. Her, her husband is the biggest Mormon in the world. Yeah. Top 10 Mormon. <laughs> and her son is now doing this thing for the Mormon culture and going to yeah. spread it around. She doesn't want to talk about it. So I, I, I think I can just say it now. Heather starts to feel excluded by Lisa because she's not invited to any of these pivotal moments in Jack's yeah. life. The and her Mormon and Lisa brunch. Are, and her and Lisa are a powerful duo. I mm-hmm. love that they're together. Like, I can see the camaraderie there. We saw them at BravoCon. It's they true. just hang out walking down the hallways together. Yeah. Like, they're a fun duo. And I feel bad for Heather that, again, it's her conflict with the Mormon church that is still continuing to exclude her from huge events. Yeah. I and do the, like that she sort of, like chilled out on it so that they could they I liked their interaction there where she could say that she felt left out or whatever and that she was like I have a problem with the church not your son like I would never you know make him feel bad about it whatever and then he like roller skates up and he's like hey and she's like tell her tell Heather where you're going and he's like Columbia and she's like that's so cool and then uh she's like yeah mine was in fucking can yeah so and she goes to Lisa she goes it's where your mom wanted you to go but she won't tell you <laughs> and Lisa goes no I told him that <laughs> no but like that was lighthearted, and it never got too intense because it's like you're not going to solve that he- that Heather's storyline about that whatever call I'm calling a storyline in quotes is the best example of something that you truly feel that you want out in the world that you want to talk about. And Lisa's pushback is not right. Lisa should have to indulge on this storyline because it actually matters. Yeah. Heather's view on this thing really matters. And I, I, I think you, like you said, Heather is doing this in a very delicate way to where she's not just trying to stir up shit. She could mm-hmm. make this so much worse. Yeah. She could say your son is perpetuating <laughs> Mormon, you know, horrors across yeah. the globe or whatever. Yeah. She's not, yeah she's like she just legitimately wants to talk about this i mean yeah it's like okay if you want your son to go get held at gunpoint uh trying to pass out pamphlets you can go ahead and do that props to lisa for being able to bite her tongue and not say how she actually feels about that because she knows she thinks it's horrendous totally and then i like when also just that we can end the heather and lisa because they actually end really well it's like yeah they're just like holding hands like we're friends again I, i'm not gonna let this sour friendship like i love that dynamic but uh heather does say right to lisa's face she goes um she goes uh, uh lisa says i am one of the i'm a full-blown 100 percent mormon she goes no you're not lisa you're one of the worst mormons i've ever seen and lisa's kind of laughing the yeah. whole time like no i'm 100 percent mormon yeah she was like what did she say she was like i'm sending my son to preach the lord or whatever yeah. she like makes a joke yeah it's sweet it's like it i think even lisa knows that she's putting on this mormon persona for the benefit of her family yeah and then i do like uh they showed heather with her daughters earlier and then she's talking about um her daughter has a boyfriend who's muslim and she basically like without so much saying it is like she wants her daughters to fuck yeah yeah she didn't (laughs) want to say it and she said i had a relationship where i wasn't allowed to kiss someone lying down Mm -hmm. um for nine months and then i was like damn lying down kissing (laughs) is so much different than oh yeah sitting kissing like (laughs) could you imagine i didn't even think about that hold on let me imagine (laughs) can we take no i want to say Okay, I get it. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm still thinking. I'm thinking about sitting up. Wait. Well, oh, yeah. Okay, lying down is way different. Um, yeah. So 
What else? Um, should we just go to the jewelry pop-up? The Prism yeah, okay, jewelry so, pop-up? So, so this had amazing... Not This wasn't a slog until the end, like a lot of episodes we've been covering, where it's like, we'll just give you the meat at the end. This had... The Bobby's birthday was actually pretty fun. Like it was fun and a little bit of conflict thrown in there. The Angie Monica thing was good. And then we get the main course. Actually, it did end on a high note. I didn't think this. I was thinking sound bath. And I go, for the love of God, please don't let us see another sound bath. But this actually went against (laughs) the sound bath trope. Right. Because it was just in a big open environment. screamed through it. Yeah. It was fun. (laughs) So um, Whitney, is she was the one who was hosting these two events. She doesn't have a lot to do apart from hosting. Like she's not really – she's too busy to get in the conflict with everyone. But this is a a jewelry party slash sound bath. And Monica has now heard that Lisa – is saying that Monica has a horrible, or, or is putting on this relationship with her mom for right. a storyline. Uh-huh. So now Monica's heard that. Now she has all the ammunition she needs against Lisa. Like yeah. the, it, the water just got even more muddier between Lisa and Monica by the time this uh, event happens. Was Monica at BravoCon? I heard a thing that says that every single Salt Lake City cast member hates Monica <gasps> now. Really? Like she's on an island. Oh no. Was she there? I never saw her. I think she... But- well, and they didn't do a panel, did they? Like all they together, did do a Salt Lake City panel. All together, I, I, we have to check. That's a huge um, omission in our minds. I have to assume Monica is like on that newbie panel or award or whatever. I've never oh, seen right. someone better than Monica in the first season, so I hope she was there. But yeah. I heard, I heard from a source that no one likes <sighs> Monica. That's sad. It, it is. Hold on, I have the schedule here. I can search Salt Lake. Uh, I, there, there had to have been a Salt Lake City panel. They couldn't have not. Uh, Salt Lake, no results. Oh, well, okay. Wow. Okay. All right. I was wrong. Well, I think, um, I think that things between Monica and Angie have uh, soured since the season ended <laughs> because she's talking about how she fell out of Angie's house and landed in in the mud or whatever and like ripped up her legs. Do you remember when I told you that? Yeah. So things are not good, but um, Monica is too powerful to ignore. And sometimes it's fun when a cast member is on an island and they have to like dig their way back. Yeah. I saw um, a video on Twitter um, of, of TikTok of Monica. She's trying to, she's ready to take Ashley Darby's TikTok crown. She was just doing like a classic oh. TikTok dance. You know who just got an instant follow after this conversation <laughs> is Monica. I love Monica. But they just kept going. Monica's pulling the James Kennedy card. She keeps just calling Lisa old I know. and that she looks old. I know. And then Lisa's like, you're going to age too, sweetie. Yeah. And then uh, Lisa, Angie K is like, I'm actually older than her. So like, cool it with that. And then she's like, well, she shows it. Yeah. Or, like Lisa, she wears it. Lisa said she's younger than Heather Meredith and Angie K. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, so then they they so then they have sort of a huge fight where it, it um, keeps getting uh, more and more intense. It starts kind of low level, right? And then, well, I, I guess I don't know. Do we want to parse this whole thing through? I mean, people... I took kind of shitty notes because yeah. I didn't realize it was supersized. Yeah, I mean, and it just kept going. So yeah, if oh. you have the nitty gritty, you can walk <laughs> me through because <laughs> I just I feel, wrote broad strokes. Uh, I feel bad, but I think that we you know we have to move on pretty yeah. quickly, but. Everyone saw this fight. What was amazing about it was that I've never seen someone go toe-to-toe with Lisa Barlow, especially a new full-time cast member. So Monica did not let one insult not get responded to. I loved how 
pissed Lisa actually got. She got so pissed that she had to go up to Whitney after and just vent at how pissed she was. Like she yeah. couldn't stop talking about. Like she was like, Monica's like talking to a kid. Everything I said, she had a response, but it's just because Monica just fucking brought it back to her. Everything yeah. she said. And I do agree with you that there were some low level insults, but there were some good insults in there too. She was like, I have the most coveted brain power that is of all the capacities a human brain can have. Street smarts. Like that oh, was right. a pretty great thing just off the fly. Yeah, right. Like, and then I liked when they were going back and forth. Uh, Whitney was like, Lisa Barlow. <laughs> Yeah, so Whitney, it's like it would be kids in class that get called out by the teacher. Yeah. Whitney specifically said, Lisa Barlow, please stop. And only Lisa was getting called out for being loud. And at yeah. one point, Lisa does a you can leave. And she goes, I will not talk about this ever again. Right? Yeah. Like she was screaming. And then um, Angie K. Now, this is why I liked Angie K. Because I actually liked... I liked this. I liked the person. People could say it's because Angie K is vacillating or wishy washy between, but I actually like that she did respect this new friendship with Monica enough yeah. and still respect her respected her relationship with Lisa. That I liked that she was kind of caught in the middle, yeah, and like figuring out who to be to who at a certain time when they're both fighting. Yeah, she's like she was like I've never felt more uncomfortable in my life. Like she was just in the middle of them. Yeah, she had to break them apart physically. Yeah. I wish, do you think that Meredith and Angie K will make up ever? Meredith and Angie K? Yeah. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Angie K and Meredith don't like each other. Oh, yeah. After you can leave. Yes. I have hope for everyone. I hope so. Because I feel like I have goodwill towards Angie K these days. Me too. Yeah. No, I, I, my goodwill, I was, I'm like, I'm tired of being, oh, uh, first of all, we met Angie K and she was the sweetest person in the world. It's true. So I can't. Even like, though we did get a DM that was like, don't let your interactions at BravoCon taint your coverage. We can't be bought. Guess what? We can't be bought. And I love that fact. But I can tell when someone's being a little stinker with a smile on their face. <laughs> and I can tell when someone's being genuine. All the Salt Lake, the three that we met were very nice. Heather, Angie Kay, and Lisa Barlow. Lisa Barlow was so sweet to me when I said, can I take a photo with you? <laughs> she goes, yes, of course. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> You've never seen <laughs> <laughs> That's what Lisa said. That was a journal time first. You never sneezed. <laughs> you, was it because we like Angie K now and you sneezed? I was like, I don't know. I usually do the like stroke inducing, like yeah. put the oh, wow. lid on top and I couldn't do it today. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> wow, sneeze hits different when you're recording a podcast. That was it's so true. funny. All right, should we uh, yeah, let's, drive to Beverly Hills? Let's drive. Beep, beep. <laughs> let's go to Beverly Hills. But I just want to say, that fight was fucking awesome. Salt Lake City is like Southern Charm. It is like firing on all cylinders. It took three seasons of uneven quality of Salt Lake City to get here. Where yeah. there's all these established relationships. There's all these internal feuds from the main cast members that we already like. And then you introduce two newbies that are just changing the dynamic. Yeah, I feel like it rested on the laurels of Jen going to prison yes, for a long time. It did. The whole, yeah, the only really spark that I thought Salt Lake City had in the first three seasons was post-Jin Shaw. Yeah, because I did not like it at first. And yeah. I felt gaslit that everyone liked it so much. And then I finally... With the Jen Shaw, with like the Sprinter van and yeah. all that, I was like, "Well, that's entertaining, obviously, but that's like, um, yeah, an it's, unexpected yeah, it, thing." It's, it's like you don't get credit for that. You yeah, just, you that just, just happened. Some wild <laughs> thing. This now feels like these relationships are deep, yeah. and there's deep feuds here, deep rivalries, and friendships that are gained, like Heather and Lisa, like a duo that's so dynamic once they get together and you know have an alliance, and then 
the new cast members, that's the worst flaw of all of these shows is trying when they shove in new cast members that just suck. Yeah. And they these two cast members, I mean, I'm giving it to Angie K. She's kind of fun. Yeah. Greek Easter brunch. Yeah. I told you I liked her and watch what happens live. Beep beep. Let's go to Beverly Hills. <laughs> Woohoo. It's not about the pants. Do you think that's a reference to it's not about the pasta? Or that's just literally what she said. It's not about the pants. I think, but I mean, <laughs> they, some whoever created that title had to be familiar with um, James Kennedy's famous phrase. <laughs> it ain't about the pasta. I, he was this, selling merch that said that, by the way. He was. I think so. To this day, I can't believe how mad can't James believe. got. I can't believe how mad James got when Lala ate too much of Ra- <laughs> Rachel's pasta. Right? <laughs> crazy um okay i'm just gonna say up top that i really appreciated garcelle's enthusiasm to go get dick out in vegas yeah she was happy she was like y'all ain't dressed yet but i was confused because i mean i guess catch the- dick <laughs> Is that- catch me outside oh i thought i thought people say catch dick who says that i don't know so my who friends. said that <laughs> my friends say that okay <laughs> <laughs> but i was like why are you guys eating before going to the show, but then they were going to no. go get dinner after the show. It was just breakfast. But what time did they fly in? Uh, they, I think they had a night. You know, they flew in. They had a night. They woke up. They had breakfast. Then they were just resting on their breakfast laurels until Magic <laughs> But Garcelle Mike. was already dressed? When was she? I don't know. Or we she had already... I don't know. Well, I think it was breakfast. And then... Um, I mean, not that it matters at all. But <laughs> I um, want to figure this out okay no i'm just no i swear it was breakfast (laughs) okay and then we just saw them go to magic mike around four or five and then they had dinner afterwards magic mike is not until at least seven or eight so that was a late night 11 p.m dinner well i guess it's vegas but yeah um Um, but yeah i liked this whole sudden has no game montage can i say something yeah i was I'll be honest. I was a stinker about this cast because I said, I hate Lisa Renna. Oh, I don't hate Lisa Renna, but I dislike Lisa Renna. But I thought you remove Lisa Renna and you've got a boring cast because I was just like, who's going to create conflict? I wish there was someone great that would create conflict. This cast is great together. Yeah. So far, this well, is fun. I feel like this episode, everyone was way more fun than usual. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, even Crystal came well, alive a little bit. Well, Sutton was less fun than usual. Well, sure. Uh, but that made everyone else come alive around her, kind yes. of. Yes, I mean, but and Dorit is actually funny this season. Dorit, I am. I'm glad we're watching this together because I'm glad that all of my thoughts about Dorit were never um, aired. Aired because I was not a Dorit fan. But my favorite scene in the world so far last season or last episode was PK and Dorit's little you know anniversary, and Dorit is killing it. Yeah. I love that she was like pushing back on Garcelle saying that Garcelle just, you know, kind of like ham handedly saying like, I don't trust you guys around my family. Like she said that right in the morning and Dorit yeah. goes, what the hell are you talking about? Garcelle? Yeah. yeah. It's like, that was kind of brave of Dorit to like push back on that. Yeah. She's like more alive recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they were giving Sutton shit for having no game. Um, she said that she invited a man after their first date to go to New York for a gala. Yeah. But then when Dorit was talking about that, when they're like saying like, there is no game to that or whatever, but when she did the role reversal, she was like, wait, that'd be kind of cool if a man did the same thing. You yeah. had one date and then he invites you to New York for a gala. Yeah. Also, I, I wouldn't, be, I mean, I'm not personally, <laughs> hypothetically, if Sutton, after me and her went on a beautiful first date, I if she said, do you want to fly to Vegas for, or I mean, New York for a gala, I wouldn't be offended. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. But you're looking for a sugar mama. Yeah, well, I am, but yeah, no, I'm just saying I didn't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess they're kind of, they're, 
Does Sutton, I guess Sutton has no game. I guess I'll just go with it. Yeah. Remember when she said she had sciatica? What did she say? Oh, no. Neuropathy. Neuropathy. She, so she's like, that's why I'm scratching my legs under the table at dinner every time. And the guy goes, okay. <laughs> and I forgot that. So uh, Kyle FaceTimes the guy at the table. And I was like, I would freak the fuck out. I, but then they reminded us that she did that before with that other guy. I know. Yeah. Sutton kind of played it cool. And that was nice of her to let Kyle do that. We <laughs> and also, I was like, Kyle's a little prankster. She loves pranks. Yeah. Um, also, we learned that Sutton, in addition to being bad at dating, also loves ocean spray, <laughs> ruby, red, grapefruit. Which I was like, is that what Teddy meant when she said she had vodka in her bag? Yeah. Teddy, were you getting <laughs> ruby, red, grapefruit but like, wrong? That must be to accompany vodka, right? Vodka grapefruit. Yeah. It's like a mimosa with grapefruit. And Sutton was... Or uh, screwdriver. Yeah. And Sutton was uh, drunk as hell, I think, this episode. And yeah. I think she... She went re- to the dark place. I, and I think that, she's embarrassed, yes. ultimately, of what she did. Yes. She's embarrassed. I think... I think... I mean, should we just... It was the wrong drunken hill to die on. You know yeah. when you take a stand drunkenly? Yeah. And you don't even mean it the next morning. Yeah. And then you have to save face and pretend like there was some nugget of truth in there. Yeah. Do you like that she said, I brought all these dollars for nothing. Didn't I tell you? Yes. <laughs> you, you were right, but you were half right. No, you were right because that's what she blames it on. But I felt like Kyle that the reason for Sutton's uh, upsetness was that she wasn't getting any attention. And yeah. then it turned to, I'm a prude. Who can't be caught dead in a place like this? Well, I'm because American- they, when they did that rewind graphic, it was that she brought a stack of ones, meaning she anticipated participating in a strip club environment. And it, she wore pants, hoping to get called on stage. Um, and, and she she's not familiar with Magic Mike. Like yeah, like do a Google. Like what? She's seen Magic Mike. Right. She's seen one, two, and Last Dance. And at the beginning, she was loving it. She goes, "Why am I so into this?" Like. Is there yeah. something wrong with me? I, I'm I, so into this. I feel like she got drunk and that, that, which I felt so bad for at first. It if she triggered just, like a middle school response. Yes. And if I, if she would have just run with that, she would have been so justified and just been like, we. I was like, oh, Sutton, I feel so bad for you. Like she felt. But it's also like you're there for someone's birthday. Right. So you have to fucking eat it right. that the birthday girl got chosen. Who but cares? who among us. And has, Erica's friends with the dancers. Right. So who cares? There was so much against. And Sutton maybe here. if she would have stayed, she could have gotten selected the way Kyle did. I would have been fucking furious if i was erica i can't believe that she held it together well i would have been so annoyed crystal had to leave early they're there for her birthday crystal though also crystal is not very good on television because she could (laughs) have made jeff lewis (laughs) oh right oh no 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 crystal crystal is fine but she could have been like justifiably, this is my birthday. I'm staying here. Fuck Sutton. I'm having fun. But she goes, no, Sutton's leaving. Something's we, wrong. Something's wrong. We have to follow Sutton right now. It's like, why? Just do what you normally would do. Yeah. If you're having a Dorit birthday. Dorit held strong. Yeah, Dorit was awesome. Kyle was awesome. Erica was awesome. All the like OG legends yeah. were like, Let's I wish fucking... that Kyle didn't get trapped on her way back from washing uh, whipped cream Kyle, off her ass. Kyle wasn't. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 she was like, yeah. Um, Kyle was so awesome this episode. I'm yeah. like, 
Kyle, even I, without booze i know i that Thumbs was actually up. a surprise I yeah was like, kyle you're you, it kind of goes against our you got to be drunk all the time yeah because sutton was the flop drunk and kyle was amazing <laughs> sober it's true kyle that's was, what dorit said she was like well maybe sutton should quit drinking if that's the result you know yeah and so this this magic mic i mean we, we actually talked about it really well it's like the tide turns very quickly sutton is too drunk she's, she's like I'm on the board of the American Ballet Association. I don't do that shit. Could you imagine the American Ballet Association? They're watching Beverly Hills right now and they go, by the way, Sutton Strack. By the way, if she would have waited, there's like very cool, like modern dance that happens in Magic Mike, like very like athletic, beautiful dance. They show that like Like the aerial thing. And I'm like, I bet the the ABA loves that show. They it's do. bringing dance to the masses. They, they even they should like tweet when about he was it. face down in Erica's spread open legs. <laughs> it's that she. I, I also I didn't like that she tried to pinpoint one moment that was too egregious. Right. It's like you didn't. That's not what made you think that. It's just you just needed something new to say. You, and then you dug in. You doubled down, and it's embarrassing. She said, "I don't have friends who do that." And it's then, like, then bye, bitch. Yeah. And then she calls out, or Kyle calls her out for saying, um, "It's against my brand." <laughs> And she goes, I did not say brand. It's like, you for sure said no, brand. No, she did. And I loved that uh, Kyle comes out. She's like, what's wrong? And they're like, Garcelle's like, Sutton didn't like the show or whatever. And Kyle's like wiping yeah, the cream but- off of her body. She's like, well, you're not going to like what I just did. <laughs> I also like how this episode is easy to talk about because it did feel like just this one like night out in Vegas, this one like flowing event. I love the structure of this episode. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, Kyle texts Crystal, like, we got to go, whatever. And Erica's like, no. Yeah. Like, Erica I'm good. was awesome this episode. She's like, yeah. this is my friend's thing. I love this. I celebrate this dance. And she goes, Sutton, you're not going to take, well, she wasn't even that mad. She was like, you're not going to take this smile off my face because yeah. I am beaming from this, which yeah. I loved. Yeah. And so, like, they missed half the fucking show. And how rude is it that they gave you this priority and then they look up and 80% of the group, and Dorit says that yeah. too. It's like they were all on the right side of history. All of these OGs are right. Yeah. She's it, like, I thought you're all about manners, you know? Like, that's such bad manners. Do you manners. agree with me that if Crystal was strategic and just true to herself, she would have not run out to appease Sutton and just said, fuck Sutton. I'm having a good birthday and I'm going to continue to do this because she loved it. Yeah, she was having the time of so her fucking life. Why? Like, just be true to yourself. Just do what you would normally do in a situation. Right. Like Kyle did, like Erica did, like Dorit did. Right. I know. It's, like, you're, it's just you're doing all the wrong things. You could potentially be good. I mean, I, there's no evidence of it. But I know. You, I liked when uh, Dorit was like, um, you know, saying what you just said, that it was poor manners because they were invited. Yes. And then she goes, uh, she did a Southern impression and she's like, toughen up, buttercup. She's loving impressions this season. I mean, yeah, Dorit is, is, I don't know, MVP so far. And Kyle is doing great, too. But I was literally Garcelle moderated where she was saying, she's like, Jesus Christ, like, Erica's not even here yet. And, like, they have a terrible history. This is going to be so bad. Like, if this would have happened last year, it would have been, like, I don't even know what would have happened. And Erica is justified. I would have been, totally. if, if she screamed through the rooftops and said, that was my friend's show, they got us in, you did that, you embarrassed me. Did you see the preview for next week? What was it? The elevator door oh, yes. opens and everyone has swarmed around and Erica goes, hey, so do you mind apologizing to the dancer who got it's us like, all in ding, ding. right in front of Sutton? And she goes, it's just the open leg, head and the crotch. I'm like, don't 
say that just to them. Say Who cares? You did a drunken, embarrassing yeah, thing. Yeah, just be like, regret, I was fucked up and I went to the dark side. And Sorry. I regret every minute of it. It happens to it happens to the best of us. Yeah. Um, then they have this drunken stumble. You want to say just to their dinner. Yeah. Which it was kind of like, it, it was like our Vegas trip. Yeah. It was so fun to watch this on the heels of BravoCon. Totally. They go to Fuhu. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. And then they show Sutton eating a fish ball with chopsticks and they were all like, you're disgusting. <laughs> they're like, they're like um, you were embarrassed there. Well, we're embarrassed to be seen with you here. They were like, no wonder you don't get a second date. They were like being savage. And, and Sutton's still just eating her fish ball. Like just it has, she has to take all of their insults because she knows she flops so hard. Right. They also go around. This was so funny too. They go around and they say the sex music that they like to fuck to. And Crystal says Al Green. Um, <laughs> She's so like trapped inside like old Hollywood manner. Like everything about her is like old. Honey, like, <laughs> put Al Green on. What, what's a good Al Green song? <laughs> call like, me. Call me. Let's stay together. Rob, <laughs> will you put on Al Green? Siri. Oh, I can't say They Siri. like, they dress up for like he wears a fedora to like an old hollywood party she revealed at BravoCon that he bought her lucille balls um rolls royce oh and i'm like you guys live in like the haunted past of yeah, hollywood i know they're probably going to tam o'shanter sometimes the disney you know <laughs> disney hangout but yeah i mean um yeah, Wait, but, what else to say? No uh, offense to people I know. Are little... says boys to men. Yeah, and then Sutton says Kenny G. Yeah, but I... then someone else says that she's talking about a country artist. I think someone got. I think she knows who she listens to, and she listens to <laughs> Kenny G called like Man in the Middle. I want to listen <laughs> to that song to see what Sutton has sex to. But then uh, Kyle, or I think Kyle says it. The funniest thing I've ever heard, which she goes, I can imagine Sutton having sex to the Nutcracker. That was really funny. Yeah, the Nutcracker. Yeah, she was like, I thought she was going to say the Nutcracker because she was so fucking up her ass about being part of the Ballet Association. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh right. It, it actually lands a little different if you think about that. I just thought it's kind of funny to imagine her listening to this like weird classical. Kyle is underratedly funny. Totally. Like she has such a good sense of humor, but I think some of her other foibles overcast her humor, but she's actually, when she's free. Yeah. I've always loved Kyle. Um, I know. And I'm then... sorry. I kind of like, I like made you question your Kyle. Like if, if we were doing this now, I'd put Kyle on the top 10. I put her on mine, right? You did, but I think we had to push her out. No, no, <laughs> don't we... say that. We got to reassess because there's a room where oh uh, some sculptor needs to come and remove one of the faces from <laughs> our Mount Rushmore yeah. and etch in a Canceled. new face. Um, and then Crystal came alive a little bit talking about her yes. perfect nips. She said, uh, our nips are perfect. Or, or sorry, my <laughs> nips are perfect. She tried to get a little um, Dorit uh, dig in, which I didn't really think landed too well. Yeah, it was um, like whatever. But And then Sutton tried to like reclaim that she was like okay with sex stuff and was like i have tons of sex toys i usually travel with them and i'm yeah. like so you're not embarrassed about that yeah. and then um was it kyle that was like so i'm guessing you didn't watch porn with your ex and she goes oh no yeah it's like there's no bigger losing battle than trying to say that you're like set like averse to sex in the bravo universe yeah. like like why why would you ever make that the thing that you're gonna like keep j just say yeah. I sucked. You can tell uh, Garcelle's a little closet freak. Oh, yeah. She was <laughs> horny as hell. She was like, Magic I like to watch and be watched. Yeah. She like, she said, I would like to see someone peek, you know, through the blinds at me having yeah. sex. Yeah. 
She was like loving. That's why I felt bad because I was like, everyone yeah, was having too. so much fun. Like, how would you not feel embarrassed to have ended their time there when uh-huh. Garcelle was thrilled, like 10 out of 10 thrilled. Crystal was having a fucking blast. Erica was like obsessed. Yes. Kyle was loving it. No, Dorit was it, loving it. And you ruined it. It was you a ruined huge, it. It was a huge L. Sutton took. They never un- have that much fun Sutton, ever. She, I know. She took an undeniable L, and there's no coming back from it. It was horrendous, and she should have just done a full-blown mea culpa. And then she tried to be like, all I did was go to the bathroom, as if she didn't like mutter yeah. outside, ruined, like, this is disgusting. You ruined your friend's night. If I did that to my friends, they could shame me forever for that. Yeah, she like, owes them like a ride on a private jet or yeah. something. Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, I, we're like, I, I love how we're getting through this episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, this was easy to talk about. It was like 20 snappy. minutes. Snappy. I love this snappy Beverly Hills. And then I did want to say something like the morning after. So after, oh, yeah. also. Also, the dinner games were actually fun. Like, I'm so averse to dinner games. I know. But the sex dinner games just layered on top of, like, an already fun night. Just hearing that Crystal has sex to Al Green and, yeah. like, the little jokes. I was like, okay, I'm fine with this little, like, dinner game you I want know. to add to the mix. At first, I was like, oh, God, here we go. But it was yeah. fine. Um, I also like that everyone was dogging on Kyle for going to the gym at 6 a.m. Yeah, that's what I just wanted to talk <laughs> about. And then they show the, like, the side-by-side, and it's like, uh, Dorit and Eric are like making fun of her and they look like how we looked after BravoCon day three. They're like, can you believe Kyle's going to the gym? Like, oh, what a different person Erica she's has now. sunglasses on. Yeah, and then, and then Kyle is like doing the healthiest thing in the morning where she just woke up at 6 a.m. and does an amazing workout. It's like, yeah. please don't shame Kyle for <laughs> just being sober and having I mean, that is annoying though. Like the gym in Vegas. I guess, but it's like, what are we really celebrating? Like, I know we like people drunk and partying, but if Kyle was able to have fun, not drink, wake up at six and then yeah. work out, like her morning looked a little better than Erica and Dorit. Yeah. They're like eating Erica fries. Erica was like with... falling asleep while Garcelle was talking. Yeah. It was pretty funny. And then the, the lowest moment, well, besides how Sutton acted, but that was good for the episode. Garcelle, unfortunately, was like, I need a little piece of something here. Like it was so ham-fisted. Mm-hmm. She goes... Just so you all know, it was like right in the morning. Like yeah. they're all hungover. I know. They I go, was like, I could not go, have this conversation right now. Like, Please don't say anything serious. Please yeah. don't make a scene right now. Like don't make this something about your storyline. And Garcelle goes, I have to tell you all, <laughs> I still don't trust you around my family. And it's like, okay, Garcelle, I appreciate that. I understand. Erica did one of the worst things in the world to your son, but it was not the right time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Didn't it feel that way? Yeah, no, I just, would have been like, I literally can't. Which and I feel like I'm Dur- surprised Dorit even had the energy to say anything because I would have just been like, okay. Yeah, and then Garcelle goes, why are you you know, negating my feelings? This is something really real I feel, and I feel that. I understand fully, but I just didn't like that it just felt so forced upon a morning that could have just been the post-aftermath. It's like you guys weren't really talking about that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think that Garcelle, unfortunately, people don't feel like they can just live. And Garcelle is so interesting just to watch her live and do stuff. She doesn't need to have this like huge star storyline that she always points to. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know. I can't quite put my finger on because I like I do like her, but there's something like she's reserved. Stick in the mud about she's, it. She's reserved. Know? She she's yeah. she's 
she's a little she's 10 percent of her is actory on the show because she's uh an actor, a legendary actor. And I feel like she sometimes doesn't want to let the full authenticity show that we're accustomed to with some of the other yeah. cast members. You can just see a little bit of distance in what she wants to actually talk about in the show. And that's why some of her scenes seem forced right. a little bit, in my opinion. But I love Garcelle. Yeah. I think she should just be comfortable being a cast member. She's great. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I that's why I was Damn. happy to see her having fun. I'm uh, honestly... I'm stunned. We went through Southern Charm, Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, and we're not even near three hours. And I don't, I'm not spending 45 minutes talking about Winter House. We can't. No, no. How did we do it? Wow. We're on that BravoCon shit. You know what it was? Well, yeah. We're like, well, we both did big lines of Coke. Um, that, I can keep that in, right? It's a joke. We're kidding. We're kidding. Yeah, we're kidding. Um, but also, I think there's these... all half of our videos missing. <laughs> You'll never know. <laughs> and they hear... <laughs> oh no um uh no like i think these episodes the way that we talked about them where there's just this one major highlight and we talked about the three points and then we got to the highlight it's a good way to talk about it and i feel like sometimes we get in the weeds a little bit but these were just so had such crucial moments that it was kind of fun to just talk about those moments you know yeah for sure should we just cruise through winter house real quick yeah i mean i have only well i have a lot i have stuff to say okay but the main thing i want to say is that there is just so much thrill and fun seeing a bunch of these random party animals come together and party their asses off in this house, almost to the point where it doesn't need to be scrutinized because it's just fun as hell yeah. and silly. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, it's like it doesn't really require commentary in a way. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's uh, kind of like how we were talking about Crappy Lake. It's like, yeah, some fun stuff happened, yeah. you know? I will just say there was one seedling planted yes. for some true drama where yeah. Casey in the bathroom with Jordan said that all of her friends in New York know Sam, yep. presumably, yep. and that she's a basic bitch from New Jersey and she's absolute trash, Yeah, which I don't even like Sam, but I'm like, I knew Casey was rotten. No. So no, that we have to, we have to be, I hate doing this, but no, Casey's okay. Mm -hmm. She just took, unfortunately, she did a little bathroom talk where maybe <laughs> she didn't think her mics picked her up and she wanted to be a good friend to Jordan, right? Cause it's Jordan who's in love with uh, Corey. I guess. Yeah. She's the one, she knocked on his door and he like pretended he was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I guess we should talk about, I mean, Jordan's really the, the major, um, conflict generator this episode so jordan has gone from saying i want to i she said i want to hook up with people in this house then she didn't like alex she didn't like brian so then she says i actually don't want to shit where i eat and i don't want to hook up with anybody in the house maybe a local out in the bar <laughs> yeah and then she's gone so far now where she's like Corey is the only <laughs> one i want and i'm actively like want him so bad that if anybody else wants him i'm gonna get really upset like her Corey journey has been so wild it's these embarrassing that's like what the hell she because with everyone else she's like the most confident yeah. person where she's like you wish you could have this it's like you what know? is Corey doing over there like, like and he's act he's told you all actively he without saying we're exclusive he has said how much this relationship means to him like why is she going after the one person who is is saying he's basically unavailable I mean, he hasn't really said that. Well, yeah, I guess you're. I mean, I guess you're right, but it's just like I don't know. He's the one. He keeps being like, I don't know. Like yeah, we're I still guess, figuring it out. I guess he could be more vocal about where he stands, but I'm just like, I don't know. This Corey, this <laughs> Jordan 
Corey journey. I'm like, what happened, Jordan? What's going on? It's you love Corey. You got you love Corey so much to the point where you knocked on his door while he was in bed, and he had to pretend the door with, or lock the door so that <laughs> yeah. you couldn't come in. Yeah. So that he wouldn't cheat on his girlfriend. Yeah. On camera. Yeah. At one point, I don't remember who he was talking to. He was in the car on the way to skiing, and um, it was who was holding hands with who. Uh, it was like someone held hands and then Corey goes, I'm not a hand holder. I'm more of an ass grabber. And Jordan goes, that's the kind of guy I like. <laughs> it's like, okay, okay. No holding hands, just grabbing ass. He's so like try hard. About- I know. he His energy, we keep saying it. And like, I don't know why I tried to give, well, actually, um, whatever. I'm not going to say uh, our Bravo con shit, but um, I, he, his personality actually sticks out like a sore thumb. He's the one guy who's like that. I'm ex- like, I, I like Alex and Benny's energy of like flirting and they obviously want to have sex with people, but it's like, it's done in such a different way, a different type of, um, humor yeah. and jest than what Corey is bringing. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy that likes to grab an ass and I'm never <laughs> nice to people. Yeah. You know? It's too much. And then when they're on the mountaintop, they're, um, talking about, you know, whether or not, he's monogamous and like a stranger in the background goes monogamy is a myth i know yeah i like uh, that was okay yeah that was that was nice but then danielle said that sam's my girl she was like but it's not my job to like cock block him through the house you know yeah and danielle's right and i just want to say in defense of casey i do think she went overboard with her shit talk to make jordan feel better and she says that in her confessional it's not good. It's not yeah. good what she did. She didn't know, need to go that hard. She yeah. didn't need to say trash. Yeah. But I think, I actually think there's merit to Casey. I think she's kind of fun. Did you see her on the ski lopes? Is that what Slopes? they're called? Slopes? <laughs> you see her on the... I mean, that's slope. like her only thing is that she's a skier. Uh, I think that's why she was invited. Did you invited. forget about her taxidermy skills? Did you forget <laughs> about how she's reading? I'll believe it when I see it. That she does any of those things? Yeah. I think Casey's cool, but I could be totally wrong. I think yeah. she... Um, you know what? I, the verdict's still out. We saw her at BravoCon. Yeah. What'd you think? I didn't talk to her. Okay. I don't know. Um, I liked when uh, Schwartz was saying that he's trying to put, when he, I think it was when he was planning the X Games, he's like, I'm trying to put out positive vibrations that Katie will return to me at the reunion. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah, that was sweet. It's like, little does he know oh, how God. bad. I. It still is so funny to know that, uh, Schwartz was in a post winter house haze when he was at that reunion and he <laughs> yeah, just gets popping zannies back to reality so hard with the, like the worst reunion in history the most remember when Bethany tried to reality reckoning his yes. Xanax use oh, yeah. uh, at the reunion she was like did I... what kind of show is this and did I really just see someone toss their prescription medication at another cast member <laughs> HIPAA, on live TV HIPAA violation like, Bethany come on not everything deserves that type of scrutiny I'm obsessed with like putting everything through the reality reckoning oh, lens like in the article the vanity fair one it was like every night on watch what happens live there's a drinking word where like viewers are encouraged to drink as well yeah it'll be (laughs) shannon do you think it's appropriate that shannon's name is used in a drinking game when she just crashed into a house it's like not everything is evil please Please, not everything is horrible. Um, another thing that I noticed is that Kyle is sort of like making sure that hookups happen in the house. Yeah. He's like, Alex and Danielle, what'd you do? Okay, make out in the hot tub. Good. Okay, Katie and Schwartz, I sent some chemistry there. When are you guys going to get together? He's a host. He's a host. He's, yeah. But he's also like a producer of totally. Winter House. He's like, what hookups are happening here? Yeah. What can I, how can I get this to happen? Katie and Schwartz have a vibe and I, I love it. I love seeing chemistry because we never got to see Schwartz uh, court anyone yeah except in that really 
awkward secrets revealed scene where we saw Schwartz oh, go on a date. Yeah. It was like shudder inducing. But this is actually fun. I like that. I like Katie and his uh, camaraderie. Yeah. Because it's kind of low pressure. You can tell that either both of them could take it or leave it. So they're just kind of having fun. Yeah. Do you want to talk about X Games now? The yeah. Sort of like pinnacle of this yeah. episode. So Schwartz, I don't know if a producer whispered in his ear and said, <laughs> let's play a game that's going to be very fun. He so didn't. I, I thought he was going to. Because he did tequila, and I was like, tequila Katie. Yeah. But, but he, he didn't, didn't say that. Yeah, maybe he didn't want to, like, highlight that or something. But he does this game where it's like, let's all make a shot with all of this liquor and mixers on the table that reminds you of your ex, a story of your ex. And it sounds contrived in theory, and I don't like dinner games, but what they did with it, I think, was actually really fun. Like, they all had a good... We said it, I think, earlier this episode, right? There was an episode... That, we're still recording Turtle Time. This On is the same 11, episode. 9. <laughs> this is the same episode that we've been recording for. Yeah, whatever. Um, so yeah, anyway, he get he does it and everyone does a pretty good job. I think except Brian Benny. His shot didn't make any sense. Yeah. But um, Schwartz says, what did Schwartz say? I'm a people pleaser. So I made a people pleaser shot, which will remind me that I can't please everyone. Yeah. And everyone like clapped. It was like, wow, yeah. that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Danielle did a Michelada to yep. honor Robert. Who I guess loved Michelada. Which it wasn't, there wasn't really a creative flair on it, just that he liked that He's drink. Like, Robert, I didn't know that. I didn't know you love Micheladas. I wish um, I liked Micheladas more. I like them. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Remember when I made you sort of a fake uh, Michelada, which was just salt oh, yeah. and lime? Did you like that? Yeah, I did like that. So that's like a, that's a pair Halfway, down. yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Corey's was a little aggressive. He was like, my ex got passed around. So for her, I'll do slap the bag. He goes, I'm going <laughs> to grab this bag like I like to grab asses. Does anyone else <laughs> like to grab ass? And he's like, stop in the bag. bag it uh, lands in Kyle's face and hits yeah. him in the face. It's like, yeah. Corey, calm down. Calm down. I know. I did want to know more about Kyle's traumatic ex, but he like refused. Oh. We never saw it. Yeah. We never, we like, cause he only had Amanda and all of Summer House and he would like hook up with other people, but Amanda was there since season one. Yeah. So we never, he was like just coming down from this. What? <laughs> he said she had multiple, he said it. She had multiple personalities. Yeah. Right. And he used a drink with smoke cause she had smoke. Yeah. Really and he goes, I don't want to talk about it, but it was traumatic. Yeah. Need to know more. Yeah. Well, Maybe on Reddit him. they know. Let's ask him. Okay. Can Bravo celebrities, can one of you go on Turtle Time where we actually know your history and we know who you are and could ask you questions that are like profound and not Howie Mandel and Nick Vial and everyone else who ha doesn't give a shit about Bravo and are just using you for clickbait? Yeah. What's like the we tea? What? What's the tea? What does that mean? We want the tea. Oh, right. We want the tea from you. <laughs> okay. I mean, this is, oh, oh okay, okay. The trash shots, which I still don't quite understand what that was. I mean, about. it was definitely gross, and I would have never drank it. So, props to Danielle. Did she just and Corey. pour liquid into a trash bag and then they she poured goes, it out? I emptied out all of your toilet um, <laughs> baskets in your room, and whatever sludge was in them, I put them in this shot of Bud Light because I had the worst ex in history. It sounded like hers was the worst. She's like, he hated everything about me. Was that her? She's yeah. Like, he, he tried to change me. He hated everything about me. He tried yeah. to whittle me down. <laughs> and then, so this shot is to him. I thought yeah. that was sweet. And then, can we talk about the final thing? Yeah. So Jordan is like, I don't know why I'm so nervous around Corey. Like, I'm not usually like that, I whatever. I absolutely love him. I love everything about him, <laughs> and I have to make out with him tonight. I have to. And they're like, well, him and Malia seem to have a vibe, and it, like, shows them. And yeah. um, they're just, like, fucking around, like, I don't know, like, bullying each other or whatever like kind of brother sister sisterly is how malia describes it yeah um and then i 
rewound and rewatched like 30 times trying to understand what Jordan saw as a kiss. But it seems as though Malia just spit in his mouth as like a nasty thing to do. Okay. I didn't read it sexual, quite honestly. I, 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 I'm actually, my feelings are kind of conflicted. I don't really, like, I thought sort of it was a kiss. I mean, because she got up in his mouth. So, and I, I guess I didn't rewind it maybe as many times, but. I didn't think Jordan was justified in like getting so upset, like, you know, crying upset because of what Malia did. Yeah. But also, what did Malia do? She went up into Corey's <laughs> mouth and spit in his mouth. But like Kyle was also participating. Like it was kind of like the three of them were like fucking around and then Was Kyle I mean, spitting drinks <laughs> into people's mouths? No, but I mean it definitely is a level of flirtation to be in someone's space that much. But what she did was so disgusting. Yeah. But also we know that Corey is all about like spitting. licking tongues and like spitting in mouths and he's stuff so, like that. Like he saw machine gun Kelly and Megan Fox <laughs> and was like, That's who I am. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm that. I'm those two yeah. combined. I spit in mouths. I light my tongue on fire. So maybe I wear... that's why Jordan was so threatened because she would never do something like that. No. And then Jordan, um, I, I honestly, it gave me summer camp uh, vibes because yeah. I went to summer camp as a kid. It's like with the feeling when you feel left out and you're also like homesick. Sutton. Yeah. And everything kind of hits harder. I don't think in a normal environment she would have been so devastated by this i think it just all like hit her at once and yeah. maybe she was drunk. also drunk yeah 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 right so yeah. she had a sudden moment well also so there was precedent for what happens next where earlier in the episode alex asked if he can use her shower and he just like is, gets completely nude in front of her and uses her shower yeah it was good and then uh yeah i was watching with jimmy and at first he thought it was danielle like that he was because they have slept together already or yeah, did whatever they did and i was like no that's jordan he was like he's just nude in her bathroom i was like yeah and so then he goes to use her bathroom again he goes can i use your bathroom and she's like sobbing in the yeah bathroom. yeah that was her- oh yeah and we didn't really talk about just danielle's just danielle and alex are having like sexual chemistry making out in the house the first public makeout which yeah, is so she fun. announces it she's like you're welcome for yeah. being the first hookup but she reports in the morning no penetration, yeah. which I think changes by yeah. night And their two. chemistry is good. I like their tit-for-tat fun. Like, we don't really love each other. This is just fun. Like, yeah. it's nice. Um, but then when Jordan cries when she sees Malia spit uh, <laughs> red wine into Corey's mouth for some reason, she starts to cry, and the house, everyone hears someone crying. And it's not like a typical Who's scene. Who's crying? Where, where, yeah, yeah. It's not like a typical scene. Typical scene where one person would come over to uh, to talk to her about it. Everyone here is crying, and they're like, what the hell is happening in Winterhouse? They all come to comfort her. Yeah, it was like a whole group hug. Yeah. Uh, Kyle's drunk, and he's like, I want to hold space. Yeah, he said that? <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Um, but I was like, I would be so embarrassed if I were her. I would have been like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, oh, stop. It's it, cool. It, like, you, you, you said Sutton, and you're right. I didn't even think about the parallels. It's exactly like Sutton. She should have just said, I'm drunk, and that hit me hard. I fully retract it. Yeah, because like, m- then she, I mean, she at least pulls Malia aside and tells her right away and doesn't turn it into a whole thing. Yeah. Who, and- she's like, I... That was a misunderstanding. Like, yep. that's not what I was doing, whatever. Yep. And then, yeah, yeah. Malia tells her, I just spit in pe- people's mouth. Uh, <laughs> I like doing that. And yeah. then um, Jordan sort of calms down. And then we get a peek into Alex and Danielle's bedroom. Yeah. He, like, immediately, like, starts at, like, her butt level. Yeah. And then it's, like, the audio is, like, put it in and see how you feel. Danielle, <laughs> let me put it in. <laughs> and then it's just Danielle was on top, right? I think so. And it's the first time someone has sex <laughs> in the winter house to yeah. be continued. Yeah. I like forgot about that used to happen See, all I, the time. Oh, 
Summer it would House just be like nasty sounds. Summer House had so much sex in it. Remember they used to always uh, do Carl Dirty and like yeah. p- keep the audio on his farts? Of course they did. <laughs> Not to use the F slur. <laughs> you just did for the first time. You've done two unprecedented things. I didn't know things. what to say. You said F-bomb and you and sneezed. sneezed. <laughs> All right. Well, Amy Remember and I. Remember when Carl passed gas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Made wind. Um, yeah. Let's say that from now on. Come on. Don't ever I'm drop sorry. an F-bomb We'll like bleep that. it. We'll bleep it. No, we can't because I can't do the editing on that. I'm honestly, I'm so worried. Did we? Do I tech? Huh? <laughs> I can't bleep on this thing. This is garage band. Um, I'm worried. Did I cut some 30 minutes out? How are we finished? Oh, wow. It feels great. How are I we finished? I feel light as a daisy right now. Me too. I feel like we exercised See, everything. we can't do Potomac. Imagine. No. This, don't you want us to just have good, qualified talk about four powerful shows or three? Like, this is it. We don't have to watch Potomac. But I didn't skip any. I, I, don't, I don't think I cut the audio out of anything, right? <laughs> anyway, well, well, that's another issue if you thought this thing sounded seamless and there were no weird cuts then this was a job well done right yeah hopefully it was an absolute disaster and then youtube we made a huge horrible error where the the camera shut down so you're going to see sort of an animatic that's going to replace a lot of our actions we're going to do a little stop motion thing that's going to replace the visuals yeah and then can i promote one last thing yeah patreon goddamn Finally, there's an excuse for you to shelve out that coveted $5 a month because Amy and I spilled all of the Bravo Con tea in one place for our Villa Rosa VIPs. They had to get it first, and they had to be the only people that get the unfiltered, <laughs> uncensored, paywalled version. Yeah. So if you want to hear more about Bravo Con, I mean, we didn't even scratch the surface. That was like, that was nothing. Yeah, we... we talked to almost as long as we talked today. Yeah, just about BravoCon, Turtle Time Gone Wild. And, and no offense to our little turtle cuties who are not Villa Rosa VIPs, but there's just some things we don't feel like we're okay to say in the broader universe. Yeah, we have to keep some secrets. Yeah, secrets revealed. Secrets revealed. <laughs> we should have called it that. Oh, that would have been. Oh my God, that's such a better <laughs> title than the Amy and Riley BravoCon report. What the hell are we thinking? <laughs> Um, so this is the first time where I would say $5, give it to us, and then listen to our back stuff. And I swear, we rip just like that all the time. That's not an anomaly of our content. Yeah. And we and we thank our Villa Rosa VIPs who have been there since day one, that powerful group. It's like, you can't even imagine. And we saw some Villa Rosa VIPs out in the wild. Which it's they're, true. It's, they're the sweetest people in the world. I don't know what it is about little turtle cuties and Villa Rosa VIPs that make you all sweet, but that's the kind of audience we have. <laughs> that's right. Only the kindest folks. Yep. So anything else to promote? I think that's it. I mean, we have our glorious merch that maybe you saw us wearing all over BravoCon. We have the Chris and Doty, oh, Jiggy, yeah. Frank Catania, Craig Conover, and Dorinda shirts. I think we have more coming soon-ish, depending on how tired I am. Yeah. Okay, and also, if you like this episode, because I feel like we did an okay job with the hand we were dealt. I don't want to toot our horn too bad. But if you like this, you know, let us know, right? Rate and review. Rate and review, or also just write um, on a 1 to 10 scale what you thought this episode was. But if it's below a 6, don't write it. Okay. Is it okay? Where are they doing this number scale? YouTube. (laughs) Where are our platforms? But also... um, how many stars can you do on iTunes? Five? Five, yeah. But I'm just saying, just for this episode in general, okay. to know that we did a good job, I just want to hear some like quality check-in. Okay. Like, you know, but, but definitely review us a five, <laughs> right? Yes. We have a different 
show of the same name to contend with. Yeah. And they, we only have like one bad review on there. And it's clearly Avery. <laughs> she, says, did, she did tell us not to pit against them, but. Oh, and we're not. Any, I, I know our fan base. They all go to Turtle Avery, Time. Avery, if you're still listening. <laughs> Avery, come on. This is. Avery, isn't, come on. Avery, come on. Isn't this represent? This is representative of us all the time. We say maybe five negative things that are couched in a lot of, you know, like love, niceties and, and love. This is constructive criticism. Avery, this is the Turtle Time community. Goddamn, <laughs> give us a break. Yeah, give us a break. Give us a break, please. <laughs> all right, well, all right, we'll give Amy and I a break. We are going to sign off. Uh, we love you so much. And it's like three. What time is it? Three twenty. It doesn't matter. But what time is it though? Three twenty-one. Oh, I love it. All right, <laughs> goodbye, everyone. We love you so much. Bye. This one's for you tonight. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.